Welcome to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. What is up, everybody? Um, I got a guest here for this episode of the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and put him on screen now. How are you, man? How are you, man? Man, I'm doing great, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Man, I, I'm excited about this. Obviously, it's the first one for me that I get to do with somebody else. So that's exciting. And uh, if you see me looking down here, it's because on my end, you're here, even though the camera's over there. So it might not look like I'm addressing you directly, but I am trying to here. Um, All right, got it. But uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, if you could just tell people a little bit about yourself and, and that sort of thing and, you know, um, yeah, just give people like a, a, a little bit of a summary of yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Trinidad. I'm from Houston, Texas. I recently started a company called Enzo Refinish and Restorations out here in Houston, Texas. Uh, I also have um, been in the industry before and I'm back in the industry. So about 21 years ago, I was introduced to the refinishing industry. I loved it. I did it. Um, I went through numerous, uh, you know, things to do uh, in the refinishing industry from bathtubs, tile walls, countertops, cabinets, uh, refrigerators, stoves, uh, just, I mean, all kinds of things. And I loved it. I continued spraying, uh, went from the refinishing industry to industrial industry did everything from residential commercial in the industrial and i just i i love the whole process man it's great that's awesome and what, what do you do right now uh other than you know i know you're getting back into the refinishing but between that pause where you weren't doing it what what is it that you were doing well uh just putting it all together just putting it all together and uh I actually had a great opportunity to be able to concentrate fully on that. Mm -hmm. So basically it was giving myself an entire refresher course on what was new, what was out there. And that's basically how I came across you. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I, I really like, and I'm always really interested in people who are starting, uh, you know, in the beginning, because to me, like, that's the most exciting part. It's the hardest part, but it's also, you know, where you pick up the experience and then, you know, not everybody does it, but I like to pass on stuff that I know to other people. So, like, I'm really interested in, like, your journey and, like, you know, that sort of thing. And so I have a couple questions for you, you know, because... I wanted to do this more like an interview just because I think it's good for people who are starting out, even some people who have been doing it, to kind of remember what it was like in the beginning and maybe change a couple minds out there. <laughs> All right. Let's so um, so how did you learn about bathtub refinishing? Like, what was the first time you knew this was a thing? Okay, well, the first time I knew it was a thing was when I actually got... Uh, I was in a position where I was searching for a job um, and I was, you know, looking everywhere, doing doing the typical things that everybody does, you know, but this is 
obviously this is back then, you know, so I was looking in the newspaper ads, uh, green sheet, and I picked up, actually it was, I picked up one of those green sheets and I found an ad for, you know, uh, uh, employment. And it said, uh, no experience necessary, will train. Mm -hmm. So that's basically all it said. I called the number, I talked to them, they were very nice. Uh, it was actually a couple who had started a bathtub refinishing uh, business. Wow. And uh, they said, hey, well, when are you available to come in? And I said, well, whenever you uh, have time to interview me or whatever you, whatever you would like to do. So anyways, we set up a time, a date, I showed up and uh, they asked me if I had ever sprayed before, I said no. So they were like, that's perfect because it's better for you not to have any bad habits. That's so that exactly way you're just true. from scratch. My dad always so I was that. Able, right, right. So I was able to learn how they wanted me to learn. And uh, they were really nice, uh, easygoing couple. Uh, and when I started learning, I was like, man, this is this is this is interesting. This is really something like I never knew it existed and I never thought about the process before at all. You know, I just thought they were just bathtubs and that's what they do. And you just you just have to live with it how it is. And then I quickly found out that, no, this was a thing. And uh, the owner, he he talked to me about it and I asked a lot of questions because I wanted to know because I wanted to be good at what I did. Yep. I wanted to know the industry. So I asked him and uh, he enjoyed telling me because it was what he chose to do. So, uh, time goes on, I get better at it and I'm able to go on my own. Well, I just enjoyed it because scenery was always different. You were never in the same place, unless you were doing multiple units, mm -hmm. you weren't in the same place for very long. So that was one of the things that I liked about it. Always something new to see, something new to learn. And it's a technique that you're never going to get down to perfection, but mm -hmm. you're always going to strive for it. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah, and that, that was one of the things I was going to ask you next is like, you know, what, make, what makes you want to do this as a career? Um, you know, some things that you really, really like about it. Uh, basically, it's I enjoy making things better. Like if they're in a bad, if it's in a bad situation, say, say like, uh, say your bathtub. Your bathtub is in a bad situation you feel that you just have to live with it and that's just the way it is, like you have no options. Most people don't know that this is an option. I'm not saying that people don't know, but they're unaware that this type of industry exists. Mm -hmm. yep. so, so when you can give them an option and not only uh, what, what would some would say a better option because not only is it more cost effective, it's cheaper, it's better, and it lasts just as long. Mm -hmm. So that that was a great thing. So basically making it better uh, for the individual, a cleaner, fresher place, you know, you have to take a shower, you have to have your children take a shower, especially in these times, yeah. especially in these times, cleanliness is, I mean, key. Yep. So, yeah, so, so, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. All, All right. right. So that's basically what sums it up on your question. I know I kind of went a little on no but that, um, that, that was a, that was a good answer um i just thought you know you're gonna add something else but that's fine um so yeah like and i agree with you like um 
I never really thought of it when I was young and my dad was doing this that I like I knew that he did something with construction when I was really little, right? I had no mm-hmm. idea what it was. And when I actually realized at maybe, you know, when do you start becoming really conscious of things? Like maybe 13, 14, I realized how brilliant of, idea, of an idea that actually is. Like everybody with a home probably has a bathtub or shower. Um, cost of replacing those things are upwards of, you know, multiple thousands of dollars. And, you know, uh, an alternative that's going to last you a while is, you know, it, it, for most people, that I mean, that's enough for them to just, you know, do something that's going to save them money, take a quarter of the time, and ultimately look really, really good and last a long time. So, um, you know, th- at that young age, I was like, you know, geez, that's actually a very, very smart, like, type of business. I just wanted to throw that in there because... And then also your story kind of uh, seeing an ad and, and something like that, it reminds me of how I... I asked my dad once how he got into it, and it was very similar. Although his situation, the only thing that was a little different, it was like a guy who was already established. But the way he did things was like, uh, you rented the equipment from him, you rented the gun from him, uh, and he would take part of it out of your pay until you paid it off, and then it's yours. And then he would send you on jobs, Mm. and then like you were basically like a subcontractor, but you know, he was just a guy who basically delegated the work. Uh, but the, you know, same thing, you know, he's looking for work, found that out and then decided to do it himself, um, after he picked up the time. So, or picked up the, the skills, you know, doing the work. Um, so another question that I have for you is what have been some like obstacles that you've encountered coming up in the industry, um, you know, as a whole? So some of the obstacles, like what, what do you, like, what do you mean on obstacles? Like, uh, what do you encounter on a day-to-day basis as a refinisher or as trying to actually start and to, to operate a business? A, a, a little bit of both, I, I would say. Maybe, you know, start with the business end and then uh, you can kind of jump into the refinishing thing. Okay. Uh, well, basically, it's, you know, it every all the laws vary from state to state, you know, so that's one thing. This isn't... Uh, a catch-all thing and it's kind of a I wouldn't call it a gray area but sometimes when you call like insurers and you're looking for different things it's like someone wants to classify you as a painter mm-hmm. well you we do kind of paint but it's just a different process you know with different materials different products different things um, so it, it's very similar but basically it having to explain to someone who's trying to ensure you exactly to tell them exactly what it is uh, was kind of difficult because they always want to put you into a category of a painter, which makes them uh, want to like, uh, it basically makes you want to corner you and you can only get applied for this, but it's, there's nothing, there's nothing that uh, is specifically oriented for our industry because it varies and it covers so many facets of, of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when we did it in, in Florida, they make us go under like specialty coatings or specialty applications or something like that. It wouldn't fall under painter. Um, it, it's, it's weird because in some states it's just painter and that's it. So that's, that's kind of weird there. But um, so what is, um, you know, going into the refinishing side, what have been some obstacles for you? Um, you know, anything from, 
you know, you know, you could tie it into the business side, maybe getting steady work, maybe, um, you know, something in the process that's tricky that you haven't quite picked up on or something that, you know, maybe you, you know how to do it, but, you know, it still gives you issues every, every now and then or something like that. Um, do you have anything like that that you can touch on? Uh, well, I can touch on a couple of the things that you run into uh, on a day-to-day basis at, as a refinisher. Uh, one of the things that you'll run into is a lot of times now this is just on the commercial side but when you start when you start doing units and you have multiple units and you want to go in and you want to set everything up uh actually you want it to be cleaned and ready to go so you can we can come in do our cleaning do our prep work so we can you know continue on with the rest of the units it doesn't always happen that way sometimes sometimes it winds up where you know the maintenance guy is in there and you know it it they're like they're trying to do a make ready and you're trying to do uh you know your bathtub or cabinets or whatever you're doing in there and it kind of crosses ways where i mean i've had it to where i put some multi-spec on a countertop and came back later on and i see like toolbox marks and other things or bathtubs where the maintenance guy you know changed the shower head and he stood in the bathtub and there you have big boot prints all over the place and, and then, they'll deny it not but uh, yeah <laughs> they kind of will try to say that uh you know you you were wearing some big old boots when no it's like no you got on a pair of nikes or a pair of, you know a pair of other shoes or something like that they'll i mean it gets bad it, it sometimes it gets bad because they actually like track their you know, they track the fresh coat of your bathtub across the carpet. Yep. Which gets, that, that gets really bad, you know? Yeah. And, and is there anything else that, that, you know, maybe you'd like to touch on in, the, in, in that, you know, realm? You know, things that have been kind of difficult? Uh, um, basically, how that, how that issue can be solved is just, just have a good rapport with whoever your client is. Uh, make sure that you have a clear communication on what time you're going to be there, what day, and actually get that confirmed with them so stuff like that doesn't become an issue and everything can be smooth sailing. You know, the less friction, the better when it comes down to dealing with commercial. And that's on anything. Dealing with commercial, dealing with residential, it's pretty much all the same. If you're going in there and you want to have good, you know, quality work, have a clear communication with your customer. Mm-hmm. And that's key right there. So that way no issues will come up and everything will run smooth and then they'll ask for your service again. Yeah, and I, I kind of have a policy here um, at Bathtub Guys where, like, if somebody tells us that they're doing any other work, I tell them, have us do it last. You're you're going to regret it. And sometimes they're stubborn and a little bit or hard-headed and they're like, oh, no, 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 I've done it thousands of times uh i'm gonna do you and then i'm gonna do the tile guy i'm like okay and then you know i get to say i told you so um but you know i i you know sometimes the only thing like you know i let them make the mistake with the tile because usually it's like clear cut they dropped the tile and it fell um Mm -hmm. but you know anytime they're telling me a plumber's gonna be in there something i'm like all right no 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 Oh yeah, no, no, not a plumber, not yeah, a plumber. Yeah. And and they're notorious for damaging them. And then they'll start putting things in people's ears. Plumbers are the worst with that. They'll, oh yeah, refinishing sucks. Yeah, pay me seven grand to replace your tub. 
That's that's really what they're telling you. They'll they'll badmouth refinishing all day long. Um, Seven grand in two weeks later, huh? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know that they, they charge you by the hour plus cost of material plus all that. Sh- it's you know, that. I've I've had uh, customers like tell me, oh my plumber man, he he keeps saying refinishing is such a bad thing, and it's like, well because one of two things happens when a plumber is called either. The tub is already beyond the repair, so they see that and they're like already prejudiced. Like, there's no way that could be fixed, or they come in after someone who had a negative experience due to someone who didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and you know they see the aftermath of a shitty job, and so at that point they're like prejudiced towards oh no refinishing all sucks, because most of the time when they see a refinished tub, it's after someone who did something bad, and then the homeowner is convinced. Refinishing sucks. Now the plumber's like, yeah, I see this, this all the time. And, you know, unfortunately, it's part of the industry. There's people that do things the wrong way on purpose. And, you know, that's just one of those things. Um, it is. It is. Uh, let me touch on that for a second sure. and add on. Uh, it, it is an industry where we do have to fight a lot of bad apples. Mm-hmm. And we can, and we can, we can do that, and we can show, and we can be the, we can be, uh, take the high road, so mm-hmm. to speak, and just do the best that we can do, because we can't stop those other people from coming in and just, you know, doing uh, not that great of a job, mm-hmm. you know. But it's just, I mean, come on, guys, ask somebody. Read Don't reviews. be embarrassed. The 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 or like for for like the people you know the people who are hiring people you know sometimes right. they, uh, yeah but I like what you right, said like, they, there's people in the industry who do this type of work who don't ask questions and so they go and do a sloppy job and they think that they're good at it it's true yeah it is it is it's very true and it's like like you said you said something there great like uh, for the customers yeah call ask questions call other refinishing companies see if they're talking about the same things mm-hmm. see if they're offering you the same you know it's not all about features it's about see about what they're going to do ask about their process because if they try to be like yeah we're just you know we're going to be in and out of your hair and stuff like that that's fine mm-hmm. that that's that's uh the ideal thing you know you don't want to go in there and, like i said earlier make a bunch of friction but you have to you have to be open and communicate with your customers. Tell them the process that you're going to do so that way they don't think that you're just trying to uh, make a day of it, so to speak, because mm-hmm. we're not trying to spend a whole day at a place. You know, we can do this in a couple of hours and get it all done. It'll look spectacular and it'll last a long time. But a lot of guys come in there and they'll say, uh, oh, yeah, I can do it for 200 bucks," And it's like, I guarantee you. They're cutting corners. They're not doing everything they're supposed to do, <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna look great, but it's not gonna last six months. Yeah, and that's kind of that's something that like you know, and, and I agree with what you say. There there is a lane of it that's like take the high road, do what you got to do, and don't overdwell on the people who are doing something bad because they're probably not gonna be around long enough to mess it up the next time or the next time if people aren't calling them. But at the same time. Um, you know, for an industry like this one, where it's still relatively small, like, you know, there's, there's a big company in this industry. A, it's Miracle Method. A- after that, it's all independently owned, pretty much. Um, so, 
you know, somebody gets a bad job and, you know, there is nobody telling them that there's, you know, there's an alternative. There's people who do this properly. There's no, there's no real education for the public. And that, I think that's part of the problem. That's part of the reason why I do a podcast. That's part of the reason why I do things like put Instagram posts where I talk about the benefits of doing acid etching or something like that. Um, and in reality, uh, you know, that stuff helps people who are coming up in the industry, but it also helps the customers better understand what to look for in a company and to make sure they're doing the process, like you said, correctly and doing, you know, everybody, you know, if, if you're getting quotes and everybody's doing more or less the same thing, you know, you can assume that that's, you know, probably a, a good quality job, but, you know, just some guy saying, oh yeah, 200 bucks, I'm going to be in and out in an hour. You don't know what the heck they're doing, you know? And, and I think another thing that's important for people in the industry is to make sure that they know what you're going to do. Um, you know, so, so that in next time maybe, you know, they lose your number or you go out of business or you're not available and they go with someone else, uh, you know, they know what the process should be. And if the person, you know, doesn't do something like the asset etching, which is very pivotal for this stuff to adhere properly, then, you know, they know that you did that type of thing. These people didn't do it or don't do it and maybe stay away from them because they're going to, you know, probably not do the best job for you. Um, go ahead. Yeah, they, they, uh, so say like when you get a call, mm -hmm. you know, it would be, it would be an enjoyable call if someone said, Hey, uh, my bathtub has never been refinished before. Mm -hmm. And they asked me if I acid it. Mm -hmm. I would love that because yep. it means that they did the research. Yep. It means that they did their research. And sometimes, I mean, if the tub was done really well, like it's hard to tell. Yeah. You know, after after it's been after it's been sitting for years and it was done properly, like it's kind of hard to tell. There's just little small minor details that will tell you that the bathtub's been redone. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, whoever did that, whoever did that tub and they didn't know, that was excellent, and that's what it should be. Mm -hmm. Like you should be not be able to tell. I know a lot of people say, uh, "Is my bathtub gonna look painted?" They always say that. Do you paint tubs? Wow. They think uh, paint or brush. And it's like, no, but I'm, I'm not rolling anything or painting anything. You know, this is all done, you know, with, you know, professional grade equipment. Mm -hmm. It's done right. It's done properly. You do the steps, what's necessary, and it's going to last you. You're not going to have to worry about issues. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right, man. And, 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 you know, like, like I said, man, it's, it's all about changing those, those notions. Uh, like people still don't know that this is even a thing like we were talking about. There's so many people who don't even know this exists and they ask questions like that. And those are questions that, you know, for something like painting a car, they wouldn't even ask because it's like they just assume, you know, oh, yeah, that's an established thing. And it comes out looking like the factory if someone knows what they're doing. Uh, and it's the same thing with the refinishing industry. No, like too many people, I get that question all the time. Is it going to look painted? And it's like, no. <laughs> They think paintbrush, they think roller, they think, you know, it's going to look ugly. Um, yeah, well, it's their, it's their idea of what they have in their head, which everybody's idea is different. Like, uh, for instance, perfect, you know, perfection. Yeah. That's another thing that is, is very hard. That's why I say you're never going to get it perfect, yep. you know, because if, we, if you get three people standing next to one another, one is going to think it looks perfect. The other is going to think it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, you bring in another 
it's you're always going to get different. something different. Everybody's idea of perfection is different. Yep, it's in the eye of the beholder, as the saying goes, you know. And uh, everybody, you know, I, I I've gotten that question before. What I always like to tell people is, you know, we get as close to perfect as you can get without replacing it. Because at the end of the day, you got to always kind of remind them this is a cosmetic service. And if you want new out of the box, that's why people go and pay for that, you know, four, five, six grand. Like at the end of the day, a minor imperfection, if you're saving, you know, 90% off of the cost of replacing is a deal. You know, you could live with, you know, let's say like a little dust particle lands on the surface after you leave, like, most of the time that'll wash away with normal use and cleaning, but sometimes I get calls from people like, oh, it's bubbling. That's what they say. And it's like, like you're going to call me back for a little, <laughs> a little speck like this? It's easy enough to fix, but it's just like, you know, we're not in a controlled environment. And again, I just saved you like four grand. <laughs> so, yeah, I do, I do get that. And, and, you know, that's, yeah, that's one of those things I get all the time is the perfection thing. Um, yeah, it, it, it is, it is, they, they think that, uh, you know, like, like you said, that I, I like the phrase that you use new out of the box, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I've been asked before, would it be better for me to buy a brand new bathtub? And the best way I can answer that question is what, what do you want to spend? And if you can get something fixed and it's going to last, it's durable, it looks nice or nicer than what you had because that's going to be the case. Yeah. That's going to be the case. You're going to have something better after I after I've done what I do than what you had before. Yeah, regardless so it's an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, but the, you know, the big question is what do they want to spend? Mm -hmm. And if you want if you if you got the money and you want brand new yeah, I'm not going to stop you from getting brand new. Go ahead. By all means, do it. Do it. If you want to trans, the only thing that I can't do is I can't, you know, change the shape from a bathtub to a shower stall. Like, I can't do that. But I will make it look better. You know, you you called for a reason to get it, to get your problem solved, to get it fixed, to ease your pain, mm -hmm. to get it fresh. And that's what it will be. Yeah. And, and. Even with new out of the box, factory defects are a thing, and it could happen. Um, you know, sometimes I, I, I remember this very clearly. One, one time my technician got called back for a run. Um, believe it or not, it was the porcelain that actually had a physical run in it from the factory. When we stripped the tub down, we saw the run from the factory. And at that point, it's like, what, what, what are we supposed to do about that? We can't, like we're down the porcelain. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So, you know, either way, there's always imperfections. You can go to the hardware store and look at bathtubs and you will probably find, you know, the smallest imperfection if you're looking for it. Um, but the bigger point is like, you know, you touched on, um, you know, what is your budget? And, you know, at the end of the day, this is going to be an upgrade regardless, um, you know, doing the refinishing because most of the time people call us, it's already looking rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it is uh because i mean if if they're completely satisfied with it you know they're not going to call we're not even going to be a thought in their mind yeah. but if they're not and actually who is who is ever satisfied with completely like everything you know you always want to improve on it in your whole house 
I mean, I'm probably pretty sure there's stuff that people look in their in their house day to day. They don't, you know, they don't like the way their countertops are looking, or you know, they're in another, you know, they something something mm-hmm. they they want to change something. Yep. Yeah, and I I get people like that sometimes. Uh, I'm, I keep veering off in these stories, but it's just I have so many of them. I had this lady who called me once wanted to do a tub and tile, a garden tub, a whole thing, supposedly. But what she really wanted was to renovate the bathroom, complete remodel. Her husband was like, hey, we don't have enough money for that. Let's try refinishing. But I could just tell by the questions she was asking that refinishing wasn't the right thing for her. She's, you know, she's like, well, I really want the marble type of look for the shower. And I'm like, at this point, I, I, you know, like right now, I can't really get that look with the type of materials that we use. Um, Cause you know, she sent me pictures of what she wanted as a reference. And I'm like, I can't really get that. And you know, then she started asking, Hey, is it going to look painted? That's one of the things you asked me, or you, you mentioned mm. that, you know, people ask. And she also mm-hmm. was like, Oh, well, the grout situation, uh, can't you guys cover that up? And I just, you know, I had already quoted her and you know, they were okay with the price, but I, I was like, listen, as a favor to you, I'm not going to do the job. Because the last thing I want is for you to spend, it was like a $2,500 job. I'm like, I'm not going to make you spend 2500 bucks to not like it and then we'll have to renovate the bathroom anyway. Um, also, I would rather, you know, you know, you just get the bathroom that you want. And she ended up texting me a couple months later and thanking me because she got the bathroom that she always wanted. Her husband had to pay for it. But there you go. <laughs> it happens. Hmm. But that, but see that right there, that is honesty. Yeah. And that is what the industry is missing right there. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to tell the people, if you can sense that it's not exactly what they want, don't do the job for them, even if it costs you the job. Yep. And because they will appreciate that more and you did the right thing. Yeah. And I, 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 I live by that because I've done the other thing before. I've made the mistakes so that people don't have to, you know. I've done it and been like, yeah, I'll do it because I need the money or I want the money. And what ends up happening is sometimes you get no money in the end because they're so unsatisfied they want their money back. Or, um, you know, it, you run into an issue where you have to go out two or three times to get everything perfect, which like we talked about isn't, that you know, it's achievable to a certain extent, but it's all about people's opinions. So, um, you know, we have to go two or three times to touch up every nook and cranny so that they like it. And at that point, they pay us. But at that point, you know, a job that was supposed to be, you know, 70% margin is down to 40 or 30 because you have to go back so many times. So, exactly. I would rather, I would rather, you know, Take less money and make sure that that person's going to be satisfied. Then just do it because, you know, they're throwing more money at me. I, I, I want people to be satisfied. And I, I agree with you. It is kind of missing in the industry. Um, and the part of the problem, I think, is um, this industry is not really hard as much as it is like you kind of just have to have a brain and pay attention and be there. You know, you got to be present when you're doing this type of work. But as far as it being hard, it's probably one of the easiest things in the renovation realm that you can do. Like somebody who's not skilled can pick this up in a couple months and be really good. And the problem is that also invites people who are, you know, bad and don't really give a F what the hell the lady's going to do after he gets the check. So 
you know, I, I think that's, you know, part of the, the issue, you know, um, like you were saying that there's not enough people who are honest. I think there, there is a lot of them, but, you know, there is also this huge influx of people who, you know, charge cheaper and then, you know, they, they coerce the customer into doing this type of work and stuff. And then, you know, comes out bad and it's a whole mess afterwards. Um, let me, let me touch on that because I think that, I think that what, like you say, like I, I follow your page and it's great. And I loved how you put out the tips because yeah. you, you were, you know, you pulled back the curtain. You showed exactly what the process was. You told, you, you gave customer tips, you gave her finishing tips, and you were revealing the industry to people. And that's something that they wanted to close behind doors. Why did they want to close it? Because I think that they wanted to, some people, not all, not mm -hmm. all, you know, not, not the major, not the major guys in, you know, not the major guys in, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, like you mentioned before, there's one big one, you know, but like yourself, I mean, we're not in it to try to hide anything. We're, we're going to tell you the process. We're going to tell you how it's supposed to be. You know, uh, I can just say this, like when you talked about, you know, uh, the asset etching and stuff, you know, which it's, it's very important. Yeah. It's very, very important. That's a very, and you know what, when I first came in, I thought that was the standard. Yeah. I didn't know guys were like spraying and going and, doing all that i i had no idea that people would do that yeah the, i was the, in there for a job and was trying to do it to the best of my ability every single time trying to get better yeah and there's a lot of th that is one of the main things people cut corners on um and there is a certain number of, I, I mean i do a hotel here in orlando called grand beach right mm -hmm. the diamond resorts hotel and they've had this giant issue with um people who do tubs they went from, you know, one bad contractor to another. They had us in there, but then one of the bad contractors was like, hey, I'll do it for five bucks less. And they went back with them over five bucks. Don't ask me why. Um, short, <laughs> long story short, they did like two buildings okay. Then their f building number five, all the tubs started peeling. Uh, and they all started peeling because number one, they only painted half the tub. They didn't use primer or, and they didn't acid etch them. And the guy told them that it was bad paint, um, you know, bad paint that affected the entire building doesn't really make much sense to me. Um, but anyway, you know, I went over there and I could see clearly what it was. Um, and, you know, they, they let us go over five bucks. So I told them, I'm like, I'm not, you know, normally for hotels and stuff, I do some sort of discount, you know, for giving us more volume. But I told them, I'm like, I'm going to charge you full price. And if you don't like it, go call one of them again. Because now it's double the work. Now I got to strip the bathtub and, you know, read acid etch and clean it and do all that stuff properly because I know that they didn't do it. I mean, it was coming off in sheets this big. And that's not, you know, if you don't clean the tub, the paint that's is, a it's, it's not adhering to the, to the surface. It's, it's adhering to the soap scum and the, the residue that's on there, the dust. If you don't clean it off, that's what it's adhering to. It's not adhering to the surface. So... Yeah, there, there's people who do it. And over here, I mean, there's a lot of them that do it. Luckily, um, you know, most of the companies that have a reputation are the ones that get the calls most of the time. Like somebody, you know, will call me and be like, hey, it's peeling. But, you know, it's a company that, um, you know, like is 
relatively known in the area, but I do get sometimes calls from people, uh, and it's a company I've never even heard of. I don't even know how the hell they found them. Like people who are buried, and then you you find them in the Better Business Bureau, and they have like a negative rating and like 50 freaking reviews, and it's like I don't know how people don't. I don't know. You got to do better research, people, <laughs> on who you're hiring. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like a, you know, it's sort of a, it's it's sort of a weird race to the bottom type thing. They want to get the best work possible for the cheapest price. I kind of get where they're coming from, but a lot, you know, yeah. you're getting what you pay for, you know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and this is how I explain it. By the way, they're using us now because. I don't know. You know, the thing that happens also, and you got to remember this, is that people buy from other people. So, you know, they might have had a good personal relationship with the director of engineering there, and he might have really liked them and really tried to be like, hey, fix your mistakes, and we'll, you know, we'll keep getting you work. Because on a personal level, he might like them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. always a factor. But, um, you know, you never really know. But at the same time, it's like, um, like you said earlier, man, no one's doing this stuff cheap from the bottom of their heart like it, it, the 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 moment you start doing things i'll tell you what the price was it was uh 235 and i was charging them 240 uh which was you know because at that time they weren't painted and they didn't really need much work plus these this was like over two years ago when we had that price in place we charge more now but um you know for five bucks less a unit and they were only giving them a one-year warranty we were giving them a five-year warranty. Um, they were like, you know, willing to go the other way. And sometimes the thing that sways that is the personal relationship. Maybe the guy really knows them. Maybe the guy's family. Maybe the guy knows the guy from another property. Maybe he slipped them some money under the table. You never really know what's going on. And those are things that are possibilities and have happened to us. Um, but at the end of the day, the moment someone else got into that position, we get the call back. I tell them it's going to be more. And they're like, yep, okay, that's fine. We'll do it. So, um, but yeah, that, you know, there, there's people who, who do that sort of thing and it's, it sucks. Yeah. It's like the, at that, at that point, it, speaking on that situation right there, at that point, that person, whoever they were, that, that business, they had no other choice other than to fix that situation. Yeah. And, you know, luckily there was somebody that came in that knew, knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and they called you guys to go in there and fix it and it was going to be more because it's more time that you're working more time that you, your guys are out there working you know you got to factor in the man hours the time not only more product being used because you got to strip all that down and that's time consuming yeah you know that's time consuming and then over x amount of x amount of units or i think you said it was a an entire building mm-hmm. i mean that's that's bad or you know and and just to just to uh you know, I don't know who did that particular work, uh-huh. but if that person was having somebody else do it, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that that person was trained wrong. That other, the person who actually did it could have just been like, you know what, I'm not doing it and yeah. I'm just going to, you know, shoot all these things and I'm going to go and might've been, you know, just, I don't, Bad there's supervision, so many factors. Maybe. Maybe he just wasn't being supervised and he went on a tangent and just did it himself. Uh, that happens. It, it does. It yeah. does. It does happen, you know, and that's why, you know, it, like hiring good people, good employees, you know, 
people with integrity. Yeah. They're not going to do the right thing when nobody's looking, you know? Yeah. And that that's the thing because that's very, very important. Like, that's the type of personality that you have to have in this industry is you got to want to do the right thing because your work is a reflection of you. Yeah. And, but the you thing know? is so, also uh, just something that I want to add is I totally agree with that. But that's that also ties into why I want to change how hotels look at what they're spending because to find people who are have integrity costs money you know cheap labor like sometimes you'll find you know a diamond in the rough but most of the time the the people who will take 50 bucks for a full day's work are people who aren't going to do the best job for you it's like anything in life you know you got to pay more to get something better and so if i got to pay you know two or three great guys who are like, you know, really, you know, doing the work fantastic, they're going to cost me more. And so the, and, and you know, it's more work because they need to be stripped and, you know, you know, that type of thing. And, it, you know, it all, it, it all comes together as like to why I'm charging the hotel more, uh, you know, this time around. It's not just because the stripping, it's also because, I got to find people who are going to do this the right way and who don't need supervision. That's the dream. When one of the guys, you know, can, you know, just look over the shoulder. Usually it's the sprayer because the sprayer needs to have a knowledge of everything pretty much. Um, and one of them can go around and just make sure everyone who's doing the prep work, even when they're fantastic, that they're on it. That's the best when you don't need to physically be there as the owner, you know, overlooking everything. And that's the best thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, like, like the hotels need to get it into their mind, like, like we were talking about, man, that no one's just going to do it out of the goodness of their heart for cheap. And, you know, yeah, maybe the building was, you know, someone who made a mistake or something. But at the same time, uh, if that happened, then at least have the integrity to show up and fix your mistakes. They came back for two of them, and then they never showed up again. What does that tell me? You know, it tells me that they just half-assed it and they're not willing to go back and fix it. Also, part of the reason could also be that they know that their margins are so razor thin doing it so cheap that all the money that they made in profit is going to go down the toilet as soon as they go back and fix them because now they got to pay someone to go fix them and plus all that material cost all over again. You know, that's, you know, part of the thing too. Yeah, so many things could have, so many things could have played a major factor in, in that, but I just don't know why they would go and do something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I try to wrap my head around that so many times because it's one of the things that we face in this industry is because like you said, people can get into this industry, figure out that it's really a great thing, mm-hmm. go and do it. And it just, it just, instead of saying that they didn't have a familiarity with their, with their products or with their equipment, you gotta become familiar with the stuff and you gotta have an, a genuine interest in it. Yeah. You have to want to understand it, you have to enjoy it and like it. And especially if you want it to be your business and you want it to be, you know, basically how you how you make your money. And that's how you continue to make your money is by knowing and honing your skills, doing what's necessary to continue the process and not just go somewhere and and do a horrible job and you know just because you did it for cheap you think a bunch of people are going to use you you're not because you're you're not going to be able to survive you can't make 50 bucks 150 bucks 200 bucks doing Mm -hmm. these things 
it's not going to last. You won't be able to do it for very long. Yeah, and on the hotel side of it, it's like, you know, what good is spending 200 bucks to refinish your, your shower floor, for example, if next year it's going to be peeling? And then that room has to be out of service again. Those guests, you know, that would have checked into that room now can't check in. They're not going to eat at, you know, they're not going to eat at the restaurant. They're not going to drink at the bar. They're not going to pay for your parking. They're not going to pay for the room. And then on top of that, you have to pay another two or 300 bucks to get it fixed. Now, this time, are you going to get it fixed properly? Or do you still have the same person that was doing the shitty work before? Because if you hire them again, now it's just costing you another 200 bucks for the same quality. It's going to happen again. And they end up losing thousands of dollars over this. You know, when you really look at what it costs to have the room out of order, depending on the schedule of the guy, maybe, you know, he's not available till next week. Well, now that's four or five days where the room can't be rented. That's days where they're not spending money at the resort. And it affects them, which is kind of what I did to, to get that, you know, that hotel specifically because I knew what was going on. And I told them, I'm like, it's costing you guys thousands a day having these rooms out of order. And then on top of that, having to pay these clowns to do it over again. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's just it, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm trying to change, man. Like I I want it to be and. and it's not just for commercial, also for residential. You know, you get what you pay for. If, if someone's doing it really, really cheap, you might be able to, you know, get a good quality job, but the odds of you getting a good quality job are a lot lower. And that's just the, the truth. It is. It definitely is. And I'm glad that you get the, I'm glad that you get the opportunity to go out to those hotels in Orlando. You know, um, you know, I, I've heard that Orlando is, you know, one of the most visited places in the world. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of hotels there. There's a lot of work in Orlando, which is great and excellent for you, you know, and also even better that you're doing exactly what you're doing and taking the steps in order to make a, a progress in this industry to change the things that are wrong, been wrong in the past, and now we can fix them today by sitting down and talking to these people that, hey, that room with downtime isn't yeah. producing you any money. Yeah. You know, and just spending, you know, you think you're going to, you know, just, you know, 200 bucks, 200 bucks. Well, over time, that thing's going to cost you. Wouldn't it be better just to get it done right and ha- not have to mess with it for, you know, five, six, seven, eight plus years? Yeah. And it costs, and it costs them thousands in the end because when you really think, all right, Florida has this thing where they, uh, they commission like the ticket companies that sell tickets to Disney and Universal. They actually set up a booth in the hotels and you can buy the tickets from there and they get a cut of the of the revenue because they're selling it directly to their hotel guests and kind of like, you know, nudging them like, hey, come buy the tickets here. Don't waste your time. Um, so they get a cut of that. Like, like, let's say a family of four is going to rent out a room for a week to come on a Disney trip. Now, all these hotels here charge parking. They're not paying your parking. They're not paying your resort fee, which is a thing that hotels here do. The restaurant, they're not eating in your restaurant. They're not drinking at your bar. They're not playing at your uh, child care center. They're not uh, paying for the Disney tickets with your hotel. Now, like when you really look at it in the grand scheme of things, the hotels are losing thousands having the room under even just a couple days. And not to mention that a lot of the rooms in, in Florida, especially Diamond Resorts is almost all timeshare. So people are, you know, they'll get pissy if their room is not available 
the days that they, you know, they block their rooms in advance. Because when people do the timeshare thing, you know, they have a set amount of days they can use the room. Because then they pass it on to the next person who has ownership in that room. So, right. you know, that's another thing that's a big deal. So, like, you know, it ends up costing them a lot of money. And unfortunately, the majority of them still are in that old mindset of we need it cheap just because we're giving you a lot of work. But newsflash, if you're giving us more work, it's more work. I, I don't like I get I get the notion, but service and labor is something that is harder to scale than like product. Product is different because product you can produce. You could buy a machine and it will do the job of a person 10 times over and it won't stop. It'll just keep going. So but but labor is something that you cannot mass produce. Um, you can have a lot of labor. But you can't like, you, 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 you can't like maintain the quality with two or three people and push them to do 20 of something and for them to make a profit. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, that, that's kind of what the hotels are forcing people to do, which is part of the reason why I kind of sympathize with some of the smaller companies, even when they do something bad. It's like a lot of the hotels will literally tell you, and I've had it happen to me, well, if you can't get down to 195, we're just going to give it to the other guy. And it's like, for a lot of people, you know, up front, it's not a lot. But, you know, after, you know, if you're doing 10 a day and you don't have any, you know, much else going on as far as residential work or other commercial work, 195, you go in there and you kind of half-ass it a little bit because you have to because that's what they want to pay. Some money is better than no money and they just do it out of desperation. Like, I'm not defending that, but I do know that it happens, and I know why. And it's the hotel shooting itself in the foot at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like they're, they're basically thinking that they're winning by deciding a price that they're going to pay, which they're not considering. They're not considering what that person is actually going to use. Yeah. You know, you can't go up there in desperation if you believe in what you do and the quality of work you are and you know just your 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 sense of worth man your sense of uh, of value you know if your work is really is what you say it is mm-hmm. say it in money yeah and also say it in money and if they don't if they don't accept that price then you know what then they're not the right fit for you that's true then you have to go somewhere else then at that time don't accept don't accept that 195 if they're going to do it and especially if it's a company that you know that could well like it's not going to hurt them mm-hmm. you know but they shouldn't they shouldn't uh basically they they shouldn't take advantage of the little guy you they know do. come on this guy is going to get better over time and that same guy that you tried to you know get for 195 and he didn't do it he's going to come back and his prices are going to be way higher when you want to, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of other guys, and he's going to be fixing the later mistakes. on the 195s because it, you know, it, it, it goes around, you yeah. know, it just, that's but what it, happens. It's, it's like what I said in one of the previous podcasts. I can't remember which one, but I would much rather have them regret not going with me than to regret going with me because that gets around. Uh, I, I go to this association where a lot of people from hotels and resorts kind of hang out. It's a good way to get mm-hmm. business, and you know I, I go to them, but I hear them talking about 
oh, uh, you know, A, B, and C contractor really, really sucked, or they did a piss poor job, they don't want to go fix it. And I would much rather be on the other end of the conversation where it's like, oh, no, they were fantastic. And, yeah, they're a little bit more expensive, but it was worth it. Then, you know, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. You know, turn down the jobs. If they're not paying, you wouldn't, for a residential customer, this is the thing, people treat commercial differently because it's a name. And it's like, that's all the more reason that they should be paying more. They, they have a certain brand. <laughs> they have a certain brand standard. Like, I get calls from Marriott sometimes. Uh, you know, you know they, they brand the name, but they have brand standards that they uphold to for certain things. So they'll go and spend a million dollars on the lobby because brand standards. But for the tub, they're like, oh, yeah, we can't really spend a hundred grand. Why? You guys got the money. <laughs> like, they, uh, it's one of those things, man, where, like, you know, they, they think, like, like I was talking about before, just because they have more volume that it's cheaper, but this is unlike product where it could be mass This is not product, right. Exactly. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's different. And, and, you know, they got to treat it different or else they're just going to keep getting people who do a bad, bad job. And the majority of people do a good job, but there is a lot of hotels in Orlando who don't want to pay and they get screwed over or they'll straight up tell a contractor, well, if you can't come down to the price of someone who's clearly worse than you, even sometimes they'll, like, they'll have all the general managers and directors of engineering look at the, the, the sample tubs people do and they'll clearly tell you, oh yeah, yours was the best, but we're going to go with the other guy if you can't go down to his price. And it's like, like, that's not how this is supposed to work. And that's why I don't do that anymore. I, I, there was a point in time where I did it, but I opened my eyes and I just saw like, this is creating bigger issues. And I, and like for me, I never really tried to sacrifice the quality. I never did that. But I noticed that the moment when your margins are that thin, the moment anything happens, maintenance guy drops a tool on it. And as a courtesy, like you want it as a courtesy to the hotel who gave you so much work and an opportunity, fix it for free. You know, I'll, I'll fix it for free this time. But you can't. You can't afford to do things like that. You know, it, when, when, when your margins are so razor thin, the moment you get a call back, that tub now left you no money. Because it costs you money. Exactly. It's costing you. And you're taking money out of your own pocket. Rather not deal with it. Also, when you push your guys like that, trust me, they don't like it. Um, you know, they might help you out a couple times, but when you're pushing them like that, trying to get out 10 units because that's how, that's the only way you can make a profit on this type of thing, it's like, they don't really like that. You know, uh, there, there was a time where I had two guys trying to pull out 10 at a time and we knocked the project out, but it, trust me when I tell you, they weren't happy and neither was I because I don't want them to be unhappy. You know, it's, it's hard you, you to definitely don't you definitely don't want your guys you definitely don't want your guys unhappy and uh you know i said guys you know but you know there's women in this industry too yeah, yeah that's true. and they're awesome yeah and, and they're 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 just as good and i'm gonna tell you this sometimes even better than the guys all right because some of the guys are sloppy yeah you know so yeah. you know that that's that's something that you you have to keep your guys happy i don't know a business owner or a boss or a manager who would want their crew unhappy. Exactly. Like that's just that's just not the way it goes. You want to come in, you want to be unhappy. It's gonna trickle down, you know. Don't don't do that, you know. Yeah. Try to always, you know, try to always, you know, you know, treat them well, treat them with respect. 
you know, value them, let them know. Don't just, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, don't just be like, you're giving them a job and they should just be, you know, so thankful. No, no. they're not going to be. And they're going to, they're, they're, they're probably going to be, yes, boss, yes, sir, all in your face. And then mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, they'll probably be gone. I try to be as laid back as possible as someone who's in the position that I'm in. Because obviously, like, like the guys that work for me, you know, I try to think of it more as like they work with me. Like, I'm not trying to be the power guy. You know what I mean? Like, I never try to yeah. push them. And, and, you know, in the beginning when I was younger, I kind of had that impression because, like, I had the impression that I had to be kind of a dick. But I, you know, it's because I was young. Like, you got to remember, I started doing this when I was like 18. So at that point, I had no other, like, framework to go by. And I did lose people because of it, uh, having a bad attitude and thinking that I needed to push them to this extreme limit to make a dollar. But I realized that the issues were more internal than I thought. Um, and it's not, it wasn't m- just me. It was how the company was being run uh, by my parents who, you know, they, they did the best that they could a- at the time, but um, they had that issue where they were charged too cheap, commercial and residential, and never made a dollar. And always had to push the team, you know, to, uh, you know, a limit. And, you know, they would you know, they would barely make ends meet because they were charging the jobs way too cheap. They used to charge $239 residential. Like, if you look online, you could probably still find the coupon somewhere. It's, it's insane to me. I, 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 you know, I was charging 275 for the longest time, but then one day I was like, why am I doing it at 275? I know people charge more. I'm going to charge more. And I did it. Overnight, I raised it. And I had people who I quoted prices to Back in like you know the beginning of the year, uh, and they're like, "Oh well, uh, you quoted me two something." I'm like, "Sorry, dear, prices have gone up. What do you want me to do?" And like, at, at, when you raise your prices, a lot of things get easier. It's easier for you to make a profit, and it's easier for you to go back to a job and make it right and do it timely and make sure the customer has a fantastic experience because you're charging more, so it doesn't hurt as bad. You don't take the blow. And also your guys are happier. If, it, it, you, know, you know, your employees in general, whoever you have hired, they're going to be happier because you can send them to do two jobs, be home at 4 or 4.30, have a pretty good chunk of the day left and not be super tired and dwelling the next day. And they still get their full day pay because they, got, they knocked it out. Yeah, because they did a full day's work. And exactly. They, and, they did, and they did well. And, you know, you know, Teams, employees, uh, you know, people that work for you, work with you, mm-hmm. they need to know that what they're doing is worth it. Yeah. That what they chose to be a part of is worth it. Mm-hmm. And when they know that they're going and doing a job, you know, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say it crazy, but when they know they're going and doing a job for cheap, yeah, it really doesn't make them feel good. Yeah, you know, so. So it's like, no, when you know that even though your price may be a little higher, and this is just speaking in general, not necessarily of your company, mm-hmm. but when guys are when guys are going somewhere and they feel that their their company that they're working for is charging a little bit more, well, they feel good about themselves because, hey, my company charges more because you know why? Because I'm worth more, because my work is valued more, because I do better work. Yeah. And my quality is better. It'll make them feel better about themselves, which they should. 
Yeah. You know, and 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 every day when they keep doing it, you're gonna keep getting better. You're gonna keep getting better. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it's martial. It's like martial arts. You know, you're gonna start out like a white belt and just don't quit, and you're gonna keep getting better. Strive to get better, and you will. Yeah, and that that's a hundred percent true. And you know, and I recognized it back then. You know, there was insecurity with some of my guys and and people who worked with us. Um, we had women too <laughs> that did prep work and stuff and, and the masking because just they're better than the guys <laughs> at doing stuff like that. In the hotels, I you know they they would knock out ten of those things. But um, but anyway, like. Um, you know, there was insecurity with that because when they see you charging that cheap and they see the work orders and they see, you know, at that time, like I said, 239, they're thinking like, you know, what, they're only making 50, 60 bucks on the job. Is it even worth it? And then they start questioning, like, you know, why are we even doing this thing for this cheap? And, you know, it also it could make them nervous, too, because they know that if if your margins are so razor thin that they screw something up, now you're not making any money and you're going to be mad at them and you know maybe oh you know are they going to take some of my pay are they going to you know send me over there and not compensate me like and they get nervous that 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 can happen insecurity uh, within your team is not a good thing no no and that and that could you know and that insecurity right there comes from you know do they feel stable in their environment Mm -hmm. do they have stability do they see the company growing, you know, and basically, you know, is, is my boss talking to me? Is my supervisor like talking to me? Like, how are they, how are they acting? They, you know, like the, check their temperature, you know, what's going on? Not literally check their temperature, but like, you know, fill them out. Like, how are they, you know, how are they doing? Hey, if everybody's, you know, laughing and having a good time, that's a great thing. Yeah. If people are communicating, that's a great thing. But if you have people that just, I'm going to come in and do my job. I'm not going to, you know, don't talk to me. I'm not here for making friends. And it's like, okay, that, that right there is like, uh, you probably won't be around very long. Either you're going to find another spot to go to or management's probably going to cut you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's, you know, those things are really important, man. I'm, I'm glad we, you know, we did kind of go on a tangent, but we, we, I, I think like we did a lot of, you know, we, we talked a lot of, of value of things that help people who are operating and getting into this and kind of understanding these things because it is a lot to take in. Like, you know, like I said, man, like I was there, I was, I was kind of being a dick. I, 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 you know, in me wanting more from my team, I realized that I wasn't doing enough myself. Like, you know, and part of it is like things like raising the prices, actually seeing growth in the company and making them want to do more. And also knowing their limits because everybody has them. Like I was, you know, I was under the impression, uh, like, again, when I started this, I didn't really fully understand everything. Um, And so, like, I had a basic understanding of the process, but I got to, you know, I I always kind of have in the back of my mind that people like my dad and my brother who have been doing this for a decade, you know, or my dad who did this for, you know, two or two and a half decades, um, they're pros already. And when you're hiring people who are new or people who don't have as much experience, you need more patience with them because that's how they're going to learn. That, that, that right there, that right there is, is exactly what, what I'm talking about because 
the the patience and basically you gotta have empathy man you gotta have empathy and kindness man there's a difference nice and kindness there's a difference and people could tell yeah and people can definitely tell and you know like you know for for guys that are pros like you know like your father and your brother Mm -hmm. uh yeah you know seeing little mistakes that are probably made you know it's 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 irritating you know but the guys will get better yeah over time you know they'll they'll get better over time and uh you know yeah you do have to be patient with them because if they're just starting out which is better with no experience at all mm-hmm. and and you and you you train someone and you show them like the proper techniques and what to do man that person can soar you mold and you know them. what if, you mold them into what you want yeah yeah you can mold them into what you want and then when they have that you know what you invested in your company mm-hmm. you invested in yourself because you built the skills within yourself to help that person build themselves with skills and and other skills you know hard skills soft skills all kinds of other things you added value to that person's life and if they ever decide to go somewhere else and not stick with you mm-hmm. they're going to be better yeah they're going to be better for themselves and better for the next company that they decide to be a part of yeah and I, so I, it's it's win-win yeah exactly and and i had like you know i have a technician named ralph who's he's really really good and he started as a prepper and he was you know when he started the company was in a different situation a really bad one uh and this was right around where i took the reins and you know kind of started doing most of the administrative stuff and changing the culture and stuff like that and you know just trying to get better you know at doing this and and helping the business and Ralph was getting paid 75, 75 bucks a day. Sometimes, you know, he would, he would work, you know, like eight hours. And every single opportunity I got to give him a raise, I gave him. There was a, a, a couple good projects there. And I would give him like a $1,000 bonus on his check. And like now he's making $150 a day because he's a sprayer now. He started a, a prep and we trained him on how to spray. And I had all the patients in the world. I told them, I'm like, Here's the best way to spray and to really learn is to go out and make all the mistakes. So I told him it's going to be a little difficult at first, but I'm going to just send you out there and let you make the mistakes. And I'm going to send one of the guys who knows what they're doing to fix them. But that, you know, you know, to fix, you know, if it's more than once, I always give them an opportunity to go fix it another time. But once you're in the third time, especially residential, people start to get irritated a little bit. But that's part of the process of learning, right? The technicians need to make the mistakes. They need to more or less know how to fix them and then they can move on so that they don't make them anymore. And he's been fairly consistent for the last couple months. Um, and when he does make a mistake, the thing that I love, because that's exactly what you're saying, when they're a blank slate and they, you know, they, they don't have any preconceptions or anything, when he makes a mistake, he sends me a picture of me. He's like, I'm going to have to come back and fix this. And he's honest with me about it, tells me, and tells me with time so I can make the adjustments to the schedule call up the customer and set that up and there's no surprises because one thing that customers hate is to think that the job is done and you know and and not know that there's a mistake there that needs to be fixed and he he tells me he communicates it to the customer and it it, it just makes their experience for the customer even better because you know nobody is immune from mistakes but if there is one the faster they know about it, the faster they can plan their day, the faster I can plan the schedule, and it's better for everybody. And it makes him better to recognize his own mistakes and be willing to tell me. And I, t- I could tell him exactly how to fix it, and you know, 
it, it's it's just a good dynamic to have with your team. Just you know, when whenever you're at that point when you have a team, man, it's really important to ingrain in them. Like, I'm not gonna be upset if you mess something up. Just let me know. Send me a picture of it if you have a question of what it is, and we'll set up a day to to, to repair it, because. It's going to help them make fewer mistakes later. And it's also going to make them want to make less mistakes and be more careful. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Man, shout out to Ralph for, for, for being that way because a lot of people won't say anything. They'll just hide it and they'll just hope nobody ever says anything about it. Yep. And that, that right there says a lot about him. And what says a lot about him too is the fact that he stayed with y'all when y'all weren't in a you know, y'all weren't in a good spot yeah. and now it's getting better and you've made it better for him. So, you know, that, that, you know, yeah, that no, right Ra- there Ralph says a lot awesome. about you too. Awesome. So that guy right there, I mean, <laughs> that guy's valuable, man. Yeah, That's man. your MVP right there. It's hard to find people, man. And, and he's really, really good. And I've already told the man, like when we hit that next level, man, you're going to be a supervisor and spray maybe at projects, but I'm going to put you to do something. You know, because he put in the time, man. He was there. like, And I felt bad sometimes writing him a check for, for a couple weeks. And it was all we could afford to pay him. And, you know, he wasn't getting a job anywhere else. So he was grateful anyway. He was always grateful. But it pained me sometimes to see that I could only afford to pay him 340 bucks or 400 bucks for two weeks of work. It hurt. It, it, and sometimes they don't understand. Like, people on the other end of it think, like, oh, no, you know, they're just being cheap or something. Like, no, at that point, that's all I could afford. Thank God I had him there because now he's getting compensated fairly and he's happier. But for a long time, like you, you don't think that it hurts the people running the business. It does. Like I saw him busting his ass and he deserved more back then. And hopefully, you know, now that he's at a different position and we trained him and gave him these skills that he's going to have forever. Uh, you know, I, hopefully, you know, in his mind, he feels like he was fairly compensated for that time where things were rough. Uh, because it was hard. Yeah, it was hard, and you gotta you gotta give it to them for sticking sticking that out. Because most people nowadays they won't, man. They won't. The minute they're the minute their check, they feel their check is a little short, like they're gonna go somewhere else. And you know he's he stuck it out, he stuck with it, and now it's getting better. And he's, I mean, and his skills are getting better every day. Yeah. I mean that. I mean, like I said, I I, I keep thinking about it that he actually took a picture. Sent it to you, told you about it, and told the customer. Yeah, it's, like that—that that is unheard of. And you know, you that know, is unheard of. The customer it gets so much more at ease too, because if they had any skepticism about you or the honesty of the person, it all goes away when you tell them, "Hey, I made a mistake. I'm gonna come back and fix it. Call Dan in the office, and he'll he'll schedule you." That puts them at ease, and the next time, you know, when you tell them you're done. They're going to believe you and they're going to be more than happy. They're going to trust everything you tell them from that point, because there is too many people, like you said, who wouldn't even own up to it. So no, they wouldn't. And when it, when it, when they found out they would deny it. Yeah. They would say it was something that they did or something like that. Where like, uh, remember the thing I sent you with the guy who said that it was non-skid on the (laughs) (laughs) non-slip on the wall. What? (laughs) Yeah. He had it on the walls and on the outside of the bathtub. Yeah. Get people like that, man. Um, but anyway, so I have some more questions for you. I just want to keep. So uh, sure, let's. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what is one thing that motivates you? Uh, you know, you could say in general or 
specific to this industry? Like what is one of the biggest motivators for you? Uh, wanting to improve, wanting to improve, um, you know, on myself, on the qualities that I possess. Uh, I, I pull from everything. Um, you know, I'm a really big reader. I read a lot and I want to know so many things, you know, so that's what motivates me is like, what, what can I learn? What can I, what can I learn that'll bring more value to myself? more value to my customers, more value to the business, you know, more value to family, friends, you know, stuff like that. I just want to be of value. So that's what motivates me is how can I be better so I can do better. Yeah, that, that's that's what motivates me. That's one of the things it's hard to put into words sometimes, but that's one of the things I really love about when you're starting something is the learning part of it. That's because you could always pass on knowledge. And I, I really like, I, I like that. I like doing that. I like helping people. And, and, you know, that's awesome that that's a motivating thing because you're going to learn a lot. Uh, as you go through things, you know, you're going to learn about a lot about reading people, the type of customers you sometimes even on their voice, I could already read what kind of person they're going to be. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you learn a, a lot of thing about, uh, you know, about, People individually, you learn about a, a lot of people different, you know, they have different cultures. Like sometimes we have people who like they want shoes off in their house and stuff like that. Like and also when you travel, you learn a lot of things about, uh, you know, like like we're doing this thing in Puerto Rico. And, you know, you learn a lot about how much actually goes into moving a crew from somewhere somewhere else. And you need to have like an outline of like where's the closest hardware store and all this. You need to know all this stuff before you kind of have to learn how to, you know, scope out a project and stuff like that. There's a lot of things to learn. And those are things like yeah. business in general, but for this, there's a lot of things to learn. Yeah, and that and that right there, I mean, going to a place like Puerto Rico, which, you know, it's necessary to cross a body of water. Yeah. You know, you, there's a lot to think about right there. And especially you're going to be on an island where it's probably not the resources are probably not unlimited yeah. you know you know so it's it's a lot of prep work you know mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of uh you know basically just putting everything in order checklist 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 you know yeah and it's awesome to thankfully you know my dad we had a project like this before it wasn't in puerto rico it was in the virgin islands actually which is even more oh, remote. Okay. It was in St. John, which is connected to St. Thomas, but you can only get to St. John by ferry boat. Very, 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 like it was, it was, <laughs> it was like the, uh, the scope of that. And to put that thing together was a headache. I mean, like the, the, the shipyard had our material uh, the whole time, but they told us that they lost it and it was a whole mess, you know, like, but, like it, it was it was just insane but over there like it's a lot more remote than a place like puerto rico i mean over there there's almost no resources there is no home depot there's a home depot in saint in saint thomas but like i said you have to get to saint john which is a different island and they don't have an airport you have to get there by ferry boat and my guys i didn't go to that project my dad managed that one thank god because I, I was, you know, it was a while back. I was still new and I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to do this. But 
you know, he kind of showed me like, hey, you got to know where the hardware stores are. You got to call up the mom and pop shops because there's a lot of them over there in those types of places and ask them and make sure they have these things that you might not have or you might need if it runs short. Uh, and like, you know, we found out that everything pretty much had to be sent over by cargo ship because our material is flammable. Bondo is flammable. I learned that. I didn't know that. Uh, a lot of things that we needed over there, like pretty much all had to arrive by ship. And then you got to learn, you know, things about uh, bill of sailing and like uh, our bill of lading and, and, and all these things and these classifications for material. And it's just, it, it's a learning experience. But then something like this one comes up and I kind of already have a framework to go from. And this one I'm actually going to go to. So I'm nervous, but I'm also excited because going somewhere like that, it's beautiful and it's a good opportunity too. Yeah, it's that that's exciting, man. I'm happy for you because that right there, I mean, think about it. How many people in the refinishing industry have actually done something like that? Not a lot. And here you are. This is going to be your second time, you know, maybe first time to Puerto Rico. You've been out there to, you know, uh, right next door to Puerto Rico. But this is going to be like, you know, yeah. where it, it's like bathtub guys isn't new to that. But yeah. it's like your first time and it's and it's something it's something so unique that not every refinishing company gets to do something like that. That's and awesome. I think part of the reason is uh, a lot of companies don't really, tr I, I honestly believe this. There's too many companies that don't really trust their own ability because what other reason would you have? Like it's already understood by hotels. If they're calling someone from the mainland, it's going to cost them more. The cost isn't the issue. And, and the hotel in St. John, they paid all of our expenses, flights, food, everything. And on top of that, they paid for the service because you got to think about it, man. They need it done. At that point, they don't care. Whatever you're going to cost is probably less than what it will cost to get a plumber out there to replace them. Because you got to imagine plumbers in the mainland are expensive. Imagine what it would cost to bring a plumber from the United States over to the Virgin Islands or Puerto Rico. Probably cost a lot more. And there oh, are plumbers would jump on plumbers would jump on that as long as they could get all the you know logistics down and stuff they would yeah. jump on it. Yeah, and so I think that there's a lot of refinishers out there who just don't they don't trust their own ability and also part of it is I don't want to call them a pussy but <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that part of it is like uh, being scared to take risks and in business if you're not willing to take risks don't t don't don't start a business. There is always risks, and but the risks give you the best rewards, and that is a fact. Yeah, you do. You do have to be uh, somewhat of a risk taker. Now, it doesn't mean that you're making crazy risk taking decisions, no, you know. No. But but no, but no, it it has to be you know calculated and yeah. and you know you got to make the best decision. But yeah, it does involve risk. You, it involves a lot of risk. Yeah. So you, yeah, don't don't be afraid. Like to all the refinishers out there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try new techniques. Don't be afraid to try new products. I know a lot of guys, they want to, you know, stick with the same machine, use the same gun, use the same products, uh, do the same thing that they did last time. Yes, that's great. That's good. Do it if it was a good outcome. But don't be afraid to, like, play with your products and tweak it here, tweak it there, try a new spraying style. Don't be afraid of any of that. Yeah, technology changes, man. Technology yeah. changes. Yeah. Technology changes. Yeah. And there's technology in everything. It's not like it doesn't mean like, you know, like, uh, you know, computers and stuff like that or different apps or phones. No, 
it you know there is technology in you know the products that you use technology mm -hmm. and all, all kinds of stuff i mean that's how we're growing yeah and that's what we're doing be curious stay curious yeah and do everything and also you know like like you like you were saying um you know like there is a lot of logistics to it but you just got to tell the hotels what you need think like if you ever get a call and you're in this industry don't just say no at least give yourself a shot if you know like hey i can do it but i need 10 grand up front to buy cost you know material and i need this this and this and i need accommodations and i tell them because maybe maybe they will be able to do it for you you never know and if they say that your asks are ridiculous well then tell them to find someone else but don't ever not try that hotel in st john they gave us room accommodations as well we literally like uh my team was there and they had a hotel like right in front of the water it was funny but well could you imagine could you imagine the cost if they if they didn't do that i yeah. mean you'd be making not nothing almost and depending on how long it took how many days yeah you know but i mean you still got to make money and like you said they already had the place they can use it and it's not like you just call them up randomly out of the blue and said hey you know can i get some free rooms and i'll come out and do this no, no. They, they called you exactly and that's something that's really important whenever someone from out of your state or out of the country or so, you know obviously puerto rico's part of the country but it's a commonwealth and it's overseas yes, it whenever you're doing something like that man like just tell them what you need because not putting that out there you know you're just you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself like and and if they do do everything that you have that, that you know that you uh you know, requested of them, then at that point, you already knew what you needed and you're going to go over there and it should be smooth sailing. And if anything, you run into a hiccup or something, just be honest with them. Tell them it's not, it's not working out how we thought it would and we're going to have to go. And, you know, but don't be scared to take risks because most of the time, like there's a couple things that are inherent when you're traveling to places. Number one, they know. They, like, they ask you like for more like support when you're working overseas, but they know that you're not going to jump on a plane to come over here and do a touch up. They know that. So like, that's kind of a benefit to it. You don't really got to worry about it that much. You don't really have to worry about sending a crew out there to fix something. You do the best quality job possible. If somebody messes something up and they need a touch up, you tell them exactly how to do it. Leave them a touch up kit or something like that. It's the best way to do it. Um, another thing too, is like you said, all, most of the expenses are paid for. So it's like, you can write off certain things. Like if you have to pay your guys more, you can write that off to them and tell them like, hey, whenever we travel, uh, my guys get a per diem, you know, boost because this is like, we're going to be out of, you know, out of our, our uh, place of operations. And I put all this stuff in bids when I do things like that. And the hotels pay it. They, they might bitch and moan a little bit, but they pay it. And you and you have to, you know, and there's a reason why they reached out to you. You know, they they heard about you. They probably did some research and they they weren't getting what they needed. So they called on somebody who could do it. Yeah. You know, who could do and basically who could meet their needs. Yeah. Yeah. And who could meet who could meet their needs and, and they don't want to get someone. I mean, I I guess they had no other opportunity. Uh, uh, no other options basically yeah. because why would they not get somebody local so they had to reach out so they want something they basically wanted a good a good product man they want a good service they yeah. called on you guys yeah and something that you know hotels and resorts look good on a resume but you know what looks even better that someone had the trust in you 
to send you overseas. That would look better than any local hotel. If somebody was literally pulling you from the mainland to go to an island because nobody on that island knew what the hell they were doing, that looks a lot better than any old hotel on your thing. I'm, tell, I'm telling you that. That right there is huge. That right there is huge. That's why I said that's why I said that thing earlier. Like, how many refinishing companies have done that? Not even the big ones. Y'all have done it twice. Y'all have done it twice. Yeah. And I don't even think the biggest one, Miracle Method, does that. I don't think that they do that. Because I've I've never heard of them doing anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So um so I have another question. So Okay. Um, as far as like, have you had anybody like push back or maybe be like detractors or criticize bathtub refinishing or like you getting into that work? Maybe people who don't understand it, who critique it. Yeah, that most definitely, um, both inside the industry and outside. Okay. You know, most people think like, most people think like, oh, um, and this is not to, this is not to like say one is better than the other, but I'll just say it exactly like it is. A lot of times people want to take this industry like, oh, well, you're not painting cars. You know, it's not, you know, it's not. Yeah, hear it all the time. Hear Harder it all the time. Oh, well, I've painted cars or whatever. And it's like, oh, my God, here we go. You know, so but their process is different, completely different environment. Our process is a little different. Actually, it's a lot different. The technology you know, and the material so, is a lot different too. Yeah, it, it all plays a factor. Environment, material, the way we do it, and uh, you only get one shot. Yeah. You only get one shot. That's, we can't go back and wet sand and, and, and multiple times and dry it out and do all kinds of things. You get one shot to do this right. And that's why I say, in my opinion, if you if, if you hear somebody, they say they painted cars, they might be excellent, they might be great, they might be able to lay it out like glass. But if you hear of a person that is refinishing bathtubs or tile walls or something like that, and they're getting it right consistently, believe me when I say this, those guys are doing the process, they're doing it right, and they're getting it, they're getting it done in a way that they can't go back and fix things. Mm-hmm. Not right away. Yeah, and- It has to be done the right way the first time. I would argue that a lot of people who paint cars probably couldn't refinish a tub on the first try, but vice versa, a tub refinisher would probably have a really easy time painting a car. Um, it's possible. It's possible because some that. guys are really good. I know there are some that are good, but every single time I've heard someone say, I paint cars, and I ask them, like, sometimes I have customers like, oh, well, that finish looks a little off. Like, I paint cars, so I know. And I'm like, well, mister, if you paint cars, why didn't you paint it yourself? And then they're like, oh, well, it's not the same thing. I'm like, exactly. Not the same <laughs> thing. So, you know, and I've had a couple of people who we've tried out before and they think that they know how to spray. And they, this material is just completely different than what the stuff that they spray. Like you said, they have a margin for error. Um, there is not really a big margin for error in this. No, no. I mean, everything can be fixed. Yeah. Everything can be fixed, but the way the process it has to be done in is like if something if something goes wrong and i mean like horribly wrong Mm -hmm. like i'm not just talking about oh something fell in the finish that's that's an easy fix Mm -hmm. that's an easy fix uh that that's that's not what i'm talking about like 
you know, the I've never painted cars. Mm -hmm. So but I do know that that process is very different than this one. Yeah. You know, so so, yeah, they can't they. I don't think we would be able to switch back and forth, mm -hmm. although some guys are really, really good, you know, but this here totally different. It, it the process is done differently the spraying is done differently the product sprays different mm -hmm. you know and then it depends upon the sprayer who's ever spraying it how they thinned it out how they prefer to spray mm -hmm. you know and and one of the big things is like some guys can't some guys can't spray with both hands yeah they can't they can't you know but it's very very important to know how to spray with both hands because not every specifically speaking to bathtubs not every bathtub is a left hand or a right hand so you've got to be able to do both you have to yeah and especially when sometimes you have those rails that are fixed in place for like glass doors uh and there are some times where it's fixed on the right hand side and you need to use your left hand only and that happens that's happened to us and that's part of the reason why when we teach people they need to know how to use both uh yeah, it's, it's a important. requirement. They they have to practice with it. Uh, funny enough, Ralph had trouble with that in the beginning, but he picked it up. Um, but yeah, it's it's different. And the way he picked it up is he we we told him to uh, stop spraying with his left hand, how he would spray it with his right hand because it's a different hand. So I'm like, find the way that's most comfortable for you. Try it out a little bit, but you don't have it doesn't have to be exactly the same because you're more comfortable with your dominant hand. But you, you know you still have to find the way to do it. I, you saw the video of my brother. I mean, at this point, like he's almost mechanical with the movement, and he does it with both with ease. You know what I mean? You you know that like I I saw that video, and <laughs> that video I had me laughing, throwing up my hands. It sent me through all the emotions because, like, maybe somebody that looks at that would be like, eh, you know, guys just you know painting a bathtub. But when you know what you're looking at, you know, it's like, look at this. Look at look at this guy go. Like, look at this. Yeah. Like, the way he was doing it. Some guys bend at the knees. Some guys some guys bend with their back. You know, some guys uh, shoulder high or however they do it. Some guys have, you know, things that how they hold their guns and stuff like that. It all works for the better of them. They just have to find their style, you mm -hmm. know. There's no correct way to do this as long as your end result is what you were, your desired end result is what it is. Yeah, something I always admired about my brother, how he sprays, and my dad was like that too, is that the movements are almost mechanical. When you really are looking at them, it's almost like they could close their eyes and do it. Like, everything is like perfectly paced, perfectly spaced. And when they switch hands, it's almost like you're looking at the same image in reverse. They like mm -hmm. and, and, and like I have sprayers who spray different and they still do good. But, you know, it's just the way that they both are where they where they both spray. My dad, my dad was he sprayed differently. He didn't get he got a t a, the tub shiny, but not as shiny as Alex gets it. But my dad would have a tub and it looked like it was a brand new out of the factory when he was done with it. I mean, there would not be one speck of anything on that. And. He's had tubs that have lasted 15 years from when he was in Massachusetts. And people were calling like, oh, is Joe still doing tubs? I'm like, no, we're in Orlando. And also, uh, 
he retired. Like, oh, man, well, he did my tub 15 years ago. And it's like, geez, man, like, when you really do this stuff properly and you know what you're doing, this stuff lasts forever, man. And think about that. 15 years ago, and the guy called and asked about your dad. Again, yeah. That says something. That's well, an imp- He made impact. I'm going to tell you a little, a little side thing, too. So I, I told you about that hotel that has 1,800 rooms, the Universal Hotel. And funny enough, when I got a call from that hotel, um, because my, my phone number is the bathtub guy's number, but it used to go right to my dad's number. So when I called the guy who's like, uh, he's like a regional kind of guy for Lowe's hotels. Mm-hmm. I called him and he's like, why is it ringing up Joe? And I'm like, oh, no, that's my dad. He's like, have I worked with your dad before? And we started going through it and I found out like, yeah, he worked with my dad and he still had his number. And he Look didn't even remember. And like, it's like my dad has been <laughs> like my, my dad had had an impact apparently because he, he was out there, man. Like people know him. People remember him. People, they remember bathtub guys. Even when we, we used to just use the name uh, for the website uh, because before like Google had this thing where like they would put uh, things in alphabetical order on the search. It was kind of like a phone book. Um, and, but then they realized that doesn't really work because people usually click on the first thing. But when we, um, when he had bathtub guys, he had a company called Alamo and he would just use bathtubguys.com as the website. Because in those times, if you didn't start with an A, you're not going to be on the first page of Google. Yeah, back yeah, back yeah. then it, it was it was the same thing similar to uh the, you know the phone book and yeah, how they used yeah. to put things in there. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, why you have a lot of people named Triple A, Double A, Triple A. Exactly. And so uh, he had Alamo refinishers and then another one, but um, people still remember like his his name. And sometimes I get calls and they ask for Joe, and I'm like, I'm sorry, man, he's retired. <laughs> but you could put it, you know, he made an impact on people. He really did. Um. And still making an impact on people. Yeah. I mean, it, he, he, the other day I had an issue with a compressor, one of those HVLP ones. I'm like, I don't know what the heck's wrong with this thing. It was just working, randomly stopped, came in, and it was like a power cable. He switched it out. He showed me how he fixed it. And he still helps out, like, when he, you know, with the stuff that he can. Obviously, he can't really spray. He could spray if he needed to, but he doesn't really want to. And I, I understand that he's up there in age. So, uh, but he's still, like, you know, he helps out and stuff, and when he can, he jumps in and helps us out. So um, that's really, really cool. Um, so what is some things that you love about, like, the refinishing industry? And then, like, some things that you're not really, you know, that you hate or don't really like. Um, you know, you don't have to say something that you hate, but it's maybe something that you're not too fond <laughs> of, uh, you know, in the refinishing industry. Uh well, in the refinishing industry, one of the things that I'll just start with, I'll just start uh, with the worst part and end off with the better part. Uh, one of the things that I really don't like about the industry is that basically people undervalue the industry and what it actually, what what its capabilities are for, for the customer, mm-hmm. for the end user. Like uh, uh, a person who owns a home or has rental properties, they can definitely ben- benefit off of this and they know the value of that versus a commercial property which can give you you know lots of work in one one job one project you know they can they can give you lots of work but they want to act like it's a like it's a product mm-hmm. and the more that you do for them they want a, a less you know they want to get charged less that's fine that's that's perfectly fine you know they can get you know s- 
something less, you know, for more. But that's that's fine. But still, you're going to get the same quality of work, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's one of the things that I don't like about it is the kind of the way it's viewed. And, you know, just just to say, you know, honestly speaking, this is this is part of our fault you yeah. know, in the industry because, uh, number one, we need to ask ourselves what in the first place did we do that allowed people to be able to uh, view us as such, to view us as, you know, uh, lesser. I mean, people are always going to compare. People are always going to compare whatever. You're going to compare this coffee to that coffee or this car to that car, you know. But what did we do? And honestly, I think it was, you know, we were sloppy. Yeah. And we didn't try to regulate anything. Yep. And I'm not saying that, you know, it needs to be regulated or nothing, but it needs to be viewed at as something of value. And it has to be valued because you go out and you do the work. Hey, people are feeding their families off of this. You know, people are people are legit businesses that want to have a good service, to have a great product, you know, to have happy customers, you know, use the same customer multiple times and have them tell their friends about it. That's what that's when, you know, you have something. Mm -hmm. that's when you know you have something and if we can't value ourselves in the industry individually and as a whole then we need to clean that up we need to clean that up and do clean work don't be sloppy don't go to these places and you have you know paint all over your pants and your shoes look horrible because they have tons of overspray on them if you're not using shoe covers you know and that's another thing don't walk into somebody's house you know and and, and your shoes are you know crusty with overspray you know, yeah. don't do that, you know. So, I mean, just the image, try to try to boost the image, because that's going to say a lot about your company, a lot about you as an individual when they first see you, because they're already judging you the minute they lay, lay eyes on you. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of things you could do for that. Honestly, something that makes a big difference as far as looking clean is just make your guys uh, make your uniform white shirts because that was majority of the time you're spraying white. So if you do get overspray on it, it's not a big deal because you're not going to see it. Also, make sure they wear painter's pants. They're white. So if they get caulking or they get paint on it, can't really tell. And they look clean all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's, and that's why, the, you know, most of the stuff is, you know, for us, that works. Mm -hmm. You know, because we're, like, most of the time, you know, yeah, people want white bathtubs. But they don't have to be. They don't have to be. They don't That's have true. to be. We we can offer you all kinds of stuff. I mean, let your imagination run wild. Matter of fact, I want your imagination to want, run wild so I can push my skills, so I can push my limits, so I can use different things, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love it when somebody has an idea and they want to do something because it makes me sit down and try to figure it out. How can I make that happen? I had a, How can I get that done? I had a technician. Um his name's Gene. He does really, really good work. And I usually put him to do things that are a little bit more advanced because he's, he's been doing this mm -hmm. for about 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. And this lady had a Cruella DeVille bathroom. And she wanted her garden tub sprayed like in like those colors. But she wanted the inside white and the outside gray. And then like the top lip, like, like a white multi-spec with black specs. Uh, like a white base with the black specs. And... Mm -hmm. It, it, yeah, we, we we pulled it off. I don't I don't even know if I have pictures. This was like right like right around the time I started too, 
But dang, man, I should have pictures of that because it was one of those things where like we would have to come back one day to just do this little portion and another day to come do this thing. And they, they paid good money for it. But and then at the end, we had to seal it all with clear coat just to make sure everything was solid. But yeah, you could do a yeah. lot of things with this, man. You get a lot of cool looks and cool different designs and stuff. Yeah, basically, it's it's not it's it's basically limited only by the imagination. The only thing that we can't do is change the form of something. Exactly. But as far, but as far as the surface goes, I mean, it's pretty much it's pretty much just limited by their imagination and also their expectation of time frame and what they want it done. Like you said, you guys had to go back multiple days on something like that, something intricate and something you know like a whole theme. Mm-hmm. That's it's not unusual to take two or three day process. Mm-hmm. If the customer is more than willing to say that's fine, then yeah, yeah let's and do pay it. for it and pay for it. Yeah, they got to pay yeah, for something and pay custom. for it, mm-hmm. you know, and get the paperwork signed on that too. Ah, yes. And let them know the process of what's going to be done because I think that's another thing that people in this industry that they don't want to do. They just want to, you know, go by the old handshake and all that stuff. You know, that's fine, but get some paperwork signed, yep. get a work authorization, you know do those things because you know nowadays people you know people are watching and people are you know they're kind of you know they're kind of leery about some people you know they see people and they're like hey what's that guy doing over there hey that that i know nobody's living there because it's got that for sale sign out there well we're there for a reason man mm-hmm. you know yeah and <laughs> trying to help it sell you sell you 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 also you got to tell people the the job expectations and what's going into the things that you're doing not only does it add value to the work, but it makes you look more professional in all honesty. Um, you know, people feel like they're getting more when they're explained and they fully understand everything that, they're, that you're doing. And um, when you explain it to them, it makes people more comfortable because they know that you're not just going in there and shooting paint on something. Um, yes, yes, yeah. yes. That, that right there. That right there, the communicating with your customer and explaining to them, you know, and a lot of guys, you know, like just for finishers in general, whether you're uh, whether you're a male, female, it doesn't matter. Don't think that somebody's going to just steal your idea. Nobody's out to do that. Nobody's out to do that, man. So just explain to them what is going on in the process, because. I'm not saying that everybody does this, but a consumer is worried about, especially when it's a service like this and mm-hmm. they don't know, most people don't know paint. Most people don't know what the process goes in and stuff like that. They just think it's some paint, you pour it out of a can, you put it in your gun and you spray it. You know, that's not it. It's way more intricate than that. You know, there's measurements, there's stuff that you gotta do so it can be right. Explain to them what you're gonna do. They'll feel more comfortable and They'll not only respect you for it, but they'll feel more at ease and know that they made a good decision in buying your service. Yeah, and and the process, um, you know, it's like like what you said, man. You just got to, like, you have to make sure that they know what's going to happen. And people like the security and, you know, they're more willing to buy from something that they understand. You know what I mean? Uh, nobody goes and yes. just buys something that they don't fully understand. It's why millions of people don't do things like invest in stocks. They just don't understand the markets. They don't understand if you dumb it down for people. And then you, sometimes you have to, you know, you don't want to simplify everything, but make sure that, you know, 
you have an outline of the process that's easy for them to understand. Don't use this huge words and confuse people. Just basic no. outline, one, two, three, four, five, this is what we do, and this is what you can expect, and we have this paperwork, and tell them why you have the paperwork. Line everything out. People will be way happier, and they'll be less skeptical about you. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they will. They will. I, I love the way you put it like that. They will. They'll be, they'll be less skeptical because that is, that is number one probably our greatest, one of our greatest obstacles to overcome is people are skeptical of the refinishing because uh, people in other industries, so if someone's in the remodeling, they're gonna try to steer you away from getting refinishing because they wanna make their money remodeling. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the flip side, refinishers are gonna kinda steer you away from the remodeling, but in actuality, I'm not going to steer you away because if what you want, I can't give it to you, then I'm going to tell you that this is not the best choice for you. I think that you should choose a full remodel, mm -hmm. you know, and if I know any remodelers, then I'm going to send them to them, mm -hmm. you know. So, no, I'm not just trying to, like, you know, just take the job. And if I can't have the job, nobody else can have the job. That is further from the truth. No, in no way is that my intent at all. The only thing I want to do is. If you have a problem, I want to solve it. Mm -hmm. And if I can save you some money in the process and you can get a usable quality service that's going to that's going to you're going to be happy with at the end of the day and it's going to look a 100 times better, I want to give that to you and save you some money. Take your family on a trip. Mm -hmm. Buy some extra groceries. Go do something. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah, and that's what this allows people to do really, man. You got to think about what it really costs to renovate a bathroom to just rip the tub it's out. expensive it's it's thousands of dollars and you know we save people so much time and money and uh that's part of the reason why i think we should value our work a little bit more and do things like you said you know it, uh, you know change those preconceptions about you know unprofessionalism not having paperwork not uh you know presenting yourself properly when I, I've seen it a thousand times when people are giving quotes to customers, people who don't have work have the balls to just not respond to a customer who texted them and respond to them three days later with a number. What is that? Like, if someone's texting you now, just give them the quote. What was it going to take you, five seconds? And if you do things like I do, I'm really, I'm really efficient. I have the process and everything written down in a notes on my phone. I tell people the bathtub's going to be this much, tile's going to be this much, whatever else. And right under there, I'll just paste everything else. Because in their end, they're like, oh, this person took the time out to explain everything to me. Which is what you're doing. Like, even if you're on a time crunch and you don't necessarily have the time to sit there and explain everything to them, if you just copy and paste it, that makes a world of difference to them. Because at least now they have the information. Also, it helps you in the end because you have proof that certain things were communicated helps you right that that that's definitely that's definitely true mm -hmm. yeah that's like, definitely true if you say the ac needs to be on at a certain degrees and they turn it off because for whatever reason and the house gets to 85 degrees and everything starts to run after you leave the job you can make it very clear to them that hey we told you the ac needed to be and when they say oh well i don't remember you saying that you show them the message you sent them it's happened to me before and now they gotta pay for it unfortunately right and and you know, a lot of guys, they don't know, they don't know, uh, well, I can't say that. Uh, that's making an assumption. I can't say that. But the temperature does 
play a huge factor in how this material cures. Yeah. And that, you know, that's one of the things like, see some people, maybe a lot of the thing is, is because people find out about the industry, if they do find out about the industry, then they go buy the equipment and they, they find a place to buy some product, you know, and they do the process. That's good. That's great. Get into it. You know, if you want to do it in your business minding and you want to do that, great, do it. But seek out the information, try to better your skills and ask questions. Don't be embarrassed to ask questions. Yeah. And, and people who are operators, there's a lot of people who like, like me and you have talked about this before, but they are afraid of some big conspiracy that everyone's trying to steal their ideas. And the fact of the matter is you didn't come up with this idea. Nobody did like these things are old as hell already. This is an industry that should have advanced a lot more than it has. And part of the reason is there's a lot of gatekeepers for no reason. There is people for who, no reason. There are people who pretend like they have the fucking miracle material and straight up lie to their customers saying that they manufacture their own material. There is, uh, you oh, know, like, man. Like, I know, you know, things like that hurt the industry. You cause confusion. Like, yeah, you're going to get a couple of gullible people. But, but when people ask around, what do you want me to tell people? If you're out here telling people that you use some magic material, you know, like, you want me to lie to them for you? No, I'm going to tell them the truth. And then your whole shit is like, you know, now, now their preconception of you is I can't even trust this person. They're lying. They're lying from the beginning. It's so, like, well, what else would they lie about? Yeah. So, you know, and, and hold, hold on, Daniel. Hold on, Daniel. One right. second. Sorry about this. I got to grab something. Yeah, you're fine. All right. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. So you you'll know, probably have to edit that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might just leave it in. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, like this thing where people have this need to lie or you know over embellish to me just doesn't make much sense and like you know it, it, it hap i see it all the time man like people people you know they'll not say things out of fear that somehow like it's going to compromise them and at the end of the day all you're doing is doing damage to the industry it's like we talked about the first time we talked everything you know and you don't share when you die it will die with you and if you don't if you don't take the time out to share and pass it on to the next generation, the thing you did that put food on your table is not going to exist. This is something that this industry is something that should be the first thought of the consumer, not something that they find out about later on a blog. This should be like, oh, we're going to renovate the bathroom. Well, the tiles and the tub are good. Let's just, you know, refresh them. There are people who mm -hmm. literally rip out the tub and tile and they put basic white tub and tile again. And they spend five or six, seven grand sometimes when they could have had that for six, seven hundred bucks. And yeah. it's because they don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's not out there. And the reason it's not out there is because no one wants to no one wants to push it as the first as the first option. But you should. Mm -hmm. You should not only because it's what we do and what we do to, you know, as as business owners, you know, that's what we do. But also, uh, even if you're not a business owner, if if you're an employee of a refinishing company, tell people about it. Tell people about what you do. 
because somebody may not be aware of it and be in the situation where refinishing would be the perfect solution for them. Yep. You know, versus spending, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars on up, you know. Now if they have that kind of money on hand to do it and they want something that it costs that much to do, by all means do it. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it's horrible when they spend a bunch of money just to replace the same basic one when they had an option but they didn't know about because nobody wants to you know talk about it or promote it you know what hurts you know? even more when they take out a cast iron tub and tile and they install a tub enclosure that's fiberglass and that that hurts oh. there, there are people yeah. who do that here man and it hurts man because those things suck and if you're gonna they, live there you know those things you know for what for what for what they're worth i guess they're okay right but i mean they're not gonna last like uh you know like a cast iron tub or a steel tub or even like those antique claw you know yeah. uh bathtubs you know those things are awesome and those things are gonna last forever if you just take care of them yeah i mean if you neglect anything it's not gonna last that's true you, you know but I, so just this is just me just thinking out loud i think there's only two reasons that that a bathtub refinishing or reglazing or resurfacing or whatever you want to call it i think that the only reasons that shouldn't be done is if you want to go from like a bathtub to a shower stall mm-hmm. or if or if it's completely rusted out yeah because you never know how that stuff is going to act yeah ever so if it's just damage beyond repair then yeah replace it mm-hmm. yeah most definitely replace it don't do it because I know I won't touch anything that has a whole bunch of rust on it. I'm not I'm not even going to take the money like that because yeah. I know that, you know, in a few months that it could resurface and it could be six months. It could be a year. Yeah. But I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be honest with them and tell them like, hey, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because of these reasons. Not that I can't do it, but it's not in your best interest. Yeah. And sometimes I get people, you know, I. <laughs> I, I always tell them, like, it could last a year. It could last a day or two because rust is unpredictable and we can't flip the tub upside down to see if where it's rusting. And there's no way to know if it's penetrated through the steel into the porcelain yet. So, like, when, you, when I see a little patch of surface rust, even then, like, theoretically, we can clean it out and it comes out with the acid etch and stuff, but you never really know how bad it is. So anytime there's rust, I don't warranty it. And I make that very clear to the customers, and I also put it in the and the warranty information for them because uh, rust is one of those things, and I agree. But another thing that I would add to that is fiberglass, to a certain extent, it reaches a point where there is no return. Uh, what fiberglass, fiberglass, if you clean it with things like Comet or Soft Scrub or like uh, Ajax for too long, the fiberglass, the fibers actually become brittle. And you can fix a crack and patch it up with Bondo, it's just going to open back up on the other side. Even if you put support underneath, you could put foam underneath, but at that point you're rerouting the crack because the moment they step on any weak spot again, it's just going to crack right back open. And if it happens two times to a customer, I tell them you got to get it replaced. You just got to get it replaced. Um, and, and, you know, I'm very honest with people about that type of thing. Fiberglass. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. The, the fiberglass. Yeah. That, like if I were to compare the two, I'm definitely going with the cast iron bathtub mm-hmm. or, or something, some, some type of metal over the, the fiberglass 
uh, shower because if it's too old and it's yeah. become brittle, depending on what they're using on it, like, nah, that's just like a recipe for disaster because, you know, I, I don't know uh, how tall the person is that goes in there, but I mean, I, I've repaired tubs where they're just like, hey, can you, can you repair this? And it's like a whole heel, you know, yeah. almost a whole foot went in there. So it's like, uh, I, I kind of don't, but this was before, you know, when I was an employee mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, it, you know, it, it could be done, but I, I'm actually going to call it in because I gotta, I gotta let it be known what, what's here. Like I gotta give my, yeah. I gotta call in what I'm, what I'm observing. I gotta call it in. Yeah. And uh, we used to do this place in Hain city called Greenleaf. Um, and it's a it's a old like resort, but they have everything's fiberglass because it's built in like the late eighties. Um, everything is fiberglass, and and we had one room that would crack all the time. And you know these places, they don't want to hear oh I have to replace it, so we just kept repairing it, kept repairing it. One day the guy calls me and I tell him like I'm, I I told them like, you got to replace it. Uh, we'll keep fixing it, but we're gonna keep charging you. One day he's like, what, what's going on? Why can't you guys fix this thing? I'm like, well, here's the problem. For some reason, when they build these places, be it houses or complexes, they don't put any mortar or any concrete underneath. And so they have no support. So as soon as they become a little bit brittle and you stand on the wrong side, it just cracks right open because there's nothing, there's no structure underneath. It's just a piece of plastic. And in this particular room, there was a woman who was big and it kept breaking all the time. Um, so we had to use, it was something similar to, uh, it was a product called liquid tub liner, which is pretty similar to like Ecopel. I don't know if you've heard of that. I've heard of it. I never used it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. It was, it's one of those pour on like epoxies, um, mm -hmm. that's made for tubs. And we actually like, we got this stuff. It was before Ecopel existed. We just, we wanted to try it out. We thought it was going to, you know, work out for us, but it ended up not, you know, working too well. But for this a specific application, it was ideal because it was a shower floor and we could just pour it on. And that stuff is like this thick when it's applied. Like it's, it's like this thick. It's like really like. God. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really good stuff. It's just, it's tricky to apply. And, uh, you know, but anyway, we, we applied it with the non-slip and that was the only thing that kept it from opening up again because it had that much material on there. But... You know, like, obviously, for a residential case or something like that, you know, if it's cracked open twice in a span of a couple of weeks in the same general area, man, after shooting foam and stuff, putting, you know, taking the extra precautions to put support underneath, mm -hmm. it's probably too far gone at that point, to be honest. Yeah, he the 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 owner should have recognized that if it did it in the same exact spot, that it's something with the structure itself yeah and not with and not with the repair yeah because for it to happen in the same exact spot the same way like it, it's something else you yeah. know and it's it's just one of those things man like you know i i think refinishing is right for the majority of people but there is instances like you said rust is one of them you want to have a shower instead of a tub that's valid but also you know fiberglass is one of those things where it's just so cheaply made in general. There is better fiberglass, which is typically like cultured marble type fiberglass. That stuff mm -hmm. is a lot more hardy and it's thicker. But even then, like if you, you know, 
if you abuse it, eventually it's going to become brittle and not be worth anything. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it just all depends on what they do. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, all bathtub cleaners, bathroom cleaners are the same. And it's like, no, they're definitely not. You know, like even soft scrub itself is abrasive. You it's know? really abrasive. I had a hotel. You know, it's got those little, uh, what is it, little micro material in I, it, like a bead or something. Uh, it's actually, believe it or not, it's quartz. Like what they use in counters, like rock. Like quartz, or like like the mineral quartz. Yeah, quartz. Yeah, that's what that's what they use in there. Uh, the official name is silica crystalline quartz, and I know this because Ecolab, which is the people who distribute the chemicals to hotels for cleaning, they have a soft scrub like version, and it's the same thing. Um, and it's theirs is called Lemon Ease, and I had a hotel that used this. To clean their refinished bathtubs on 360 tubs and that stuff is like a fucking compound it's like uh you know it, it's like a, a paste with those little abrasive beads in them and when you apply it it literally sands the surface uh and you know what also works like that the magic erasers the mr clean magic erasers that's how they mm -hmm. work as well they have micro abrasions in them and it's basically like a 3,000 grit sandpaper. Um, and that's why it cleans like ceramics and things so effectively. But when you have a finish on there, you can't use that. That's why it says yeah, do not no, use it on your car. It says don't use it on your car, on the Magic Erasers. And that's why you, you don't use it. Those things are... And what the, the problem is too, man, is there's not enough education in the industry either. Like, you know, like you go on YouTube and there's like... A thousand people who do roofs giving you tips. There's a thousand painters who paint houses giving you tips. I think I'm the only guy here. Like, like there, there, you can find videos of people, right? But nobody is, like, nobody is that regular or like, you know, like maybe they're active on one platform but not really active on another. And there's just not enough avenues for this industry for people to know things like that. Like, you know, how many people? probably did a hotel they used that to clean and then they lost out on the contract and money because they didn't know this you know thing about it and the same thing with the hotels if they would have known from the beginning that it was bad they probably wouldn't have used it yeah. right you know it, it like you said there's there's not a lot of people who are doing what you do and believe me when i when i decided to come back into the industry well, what did I do? I would do like the average person does, right? Start Googling some stuff, go to the internet, look all over the place. Well, I didn't find anything that was new. Everything is like I from saw the some 80s. People that, 80s yeah. and 90s videos. I'm like, what is this? When I look up videos sometimes, like I see a video on how, like it's a step-by-step -step video, but it's from like 1985. Like what the heck? Not yeah, literally, they, but. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, that time frame you know and there's there's a couple of others and some of them will show their uh their, their training videos mm -hmm. but then it's always the same thing oh well we don't want to show too much like what do you mean like As there's if... a bunch of people that can benefit off of this and you can help the industry by not by not doing that because either you know or you don't know but don't act like you're hiding something that you know you're not hiding like, what are you doing? Are you getting in the tub? Is that what you're going to do? Like, you're going to go in there and turn the water on and have a bath? Like, what is it that you don't want to show? I don't get that. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. And you know what? Sometimes, honestly, it, it's, it's a little frustrating when you're sitting there and you're trying to actually find something out, and it's not like, it's not like you don't know, right? Like I'm saying, like I was, I was an employee, you know, at more than one company, you know. So I learned from both, and I use different products from both, and I'm glad that I did that before I decided to go and do my own thing because I know what an employee looks for in a company, and I know what they're going to run to run into on a daily basis versus just like, you know, like if I was just coming out like yourself, you started in the industry before you were an actual owner, you mm -hmm. know, you were brought into it and, you know, basically raised in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you learn and saw a lot, you observed so much and you've been through so many things. So no, you're beyond, you know, you're beyond the average. Yeah, and, and I feel like, but there's also not a lot, there, there's, there's not enough people who are educating the industry and stuff like that, but there's also not enough people who, like yourself, will go and reach out. There's people who, and I get that, you know, like, like you said, you know, sometimes you got to empathize with people. People, there are some people who are introverted, who just want to watch a video, and that's how they want to learn, right? And every other industry has that. This one doesn't really have it. And like I'm a one guy, I like I have people who help me, but when it comes to this side of the business, I'm like a one man show. I do what I can, but you know, I I, I want to do a step by step thorough breakdown into someone's home, like how we would do the the job, but I'm always tied up with something else. So I think it would be better for the industry if everybody started putting their you know their stuff out there, not just posting a before and after, which anyone can do, and that's great. Right. It's great because it looks great and customers. But a customer would also find probably even more value in a step-by-step five-minute video, maybe with a time-lapse, showing what you're doing so they could see how much work really goes into it. And also, it helps people who are coming up in the industry. And you never know, man. You never know if someone could be in Texas and, you know, like they see you do a good job. They fly over here. They, they, they live in Orlando now. They call me up because they had a good experience. Or maybe, you know... Someone is, you know, one of those people like, you know, and you know, they do a bad job over here and then they fly somewhere else. And next time they just replace it because they're like, bath to refinishing doesn't work. And, and the more people we have doing a good job because there's more education out there about this, the better. Right. And that's what a lot of people, they aren't, they aren't doing that. And they got to like, you know, stop, stop being afraid Yep. of, stop being afraid of, if you don't get the customer that there's not going to be any jobs, there mm -hmm. is going to be jobs. The thing is, it's, it's on you reach out to your customers. Every complex, every hotel is a potential customer, you know, just depends on what type you want, what you want and actually look for the type of customer that you want, like target them, find your, like find your, primary person or or that you want to deal with you know if you want to do complexes go, go for them you know present yourself so most of them most of them are going to do it there's companies i mean complexes all over the place just reach out to them you know reach out to them and and you know just do your stuff but ask questions too ask questions don't just think because you don't know something that you're going to sound like a dummy you know what we all don't know. We don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. You know, so 
I'm glad that there's people in the industry like you who, you know, I don't think that there's a question that, that I asked you that you were like, oh, no, well, I'm not going to tell you that because that's like a secret. You know, and then, you know, I've seen other guys on videos, I'm not going to mention anything, but like they're like thinking they're showing this super secret technique, just, you know, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Squeezing the airline, I don't know what they're doing. It, it's, that, that stuff to me, it just screams insecurity in themselves because if you really truly believe that you need to hide part of your process to be successful, well, then I feel like you have insecurity in yourself because if you if the your business should be run two ways building the brand of the business and building your personal brand that's what sells because people like buying from other people and that's part of the reason why giant companies have faces attached to them um you know look at uh you know some of them have made up ones look at mcdonald's they have ronald mcdonald right but look at like mm -hmm. a company like tesla they have elon musk as the face of the and they, they do it on purpose because some people really like him and respect him and they buy Tesla products because of him. And it, it may, maybe not directly, but they do. Look at Steve Jobs with Apple, how people really looked up to the guy and respected him. And that was yeah. part of the reason why Apple was so successful. Bill Gates and Microsoft. It's not random. And, and, and having a person who's credible gives the brand credibility. And having a brand that's credible gives the person credibility. That's just yeah. how it works. Having yeah. both is the ideal thing because in the future, this is something that I saw in a Gary Vee video. I don't know if you've seen his videos before. Uh, but Yeah, I love that guy. So he, he said something, and it, that's something that always stuck with me, is there's going to be a point in time where no one's really using like the Internet to search something up. They'll just go to their voice device and be like, hey, call this. You know, I need a bathtub refinished. But if you make yourself the personal brand, right, and you're, you know, like me, let's say, uh, you know, everybody knows me in the industry as Daniel from Bathtub Guys. And someone says, call Daniel from Bathtub Guys. There's only one of those, right? There's a million Daniels, but there's probably only one of those. It, you know, right. and, and, and most likely what's going to happen in the future is that the voice device is going to be biased to whatever company it is. Because the way it's heading, it's like an Alexa is probably going to go with an Amazon product to sell you. If you say, hey, I need toilet paper, they're going to send you the Amazon one because they make direct money off that, right? If right. in the future, they're probably going to have services under their name. They might hire a giant company to do bathtubs. And if you ask, oh, I need someone to refinish my bathtub, um, they're going to go with their guy, whoever whoever's in the best interest of them hiring, right? But if you tell mm -hmm. them, call me Daniel from Bathtub Guys, that's, you need a personal brand to establish that. You need to make sure people know you. And that's also part of the reason why I don't like when people don't show themselves enough in the business. Because personal brand, in my opinion, is more important than the brand of the company. Because people like buying from other people. And that's just the truth. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a connection, you know, because like you said, you buy from other people. Yeah. You know, and like you said, the Ronald McDonald thing, the Steve Jobs thing, uh, um, it, it's true. Mm -hmm. the, you know, they'll associate when you say a word or a name, an image pops up in your head. And that's pretty much what it is. Like, you're not going to you're not going to think of something that 
you know, if, if not, if an image isn't, isn't a tied to that, whether it's a logo or a face or something like that, it's not going to stick. Yeah. And, 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 it ha- and it has to be sticky. It has to. Yeah. And, and the face is really important for that because it's, you know, like I said, you call a bathtub refinisher, there's a lot of options. But you're in Orlando and you say, call Daniel from Bathtub Guys. There's, it's just me because you, I, that's my personal brand, right? So, you know, there could be a future where very well where people are ordering services like that. And, you know, we don't know what the next step is going to be. Is Google going to be around forever? Probably not. And, you know, like maybe the only way to order something is some complete other way where you don't necessarily know like you know the only thing you know is individuals you don't really know like technology changes and it's really important it's like the same effect that people get like what i'll send you about my dad that people remember him from things and that is more Mm -hmm. effective is leaving an impression on people personally than to leave them uh you know to to you you need to be part of the brand is what i'm trying to get at you, you should be you should be the face of it as one of the owners or operators or something you know what i mean yeah yeah and no telling where like you said about the technology no telling where that's where that's going to go you know what it's going to do but you still have to be you still have to be involved and that's why i like what i did what you did on this here like you created a podcast about you know the refinishing industry you know, but it's not limited to only the refinishing industry. Like you're willing to talk to anybody who's in business or has to do with anything in the refinishing industry. I'm probably pretty sure that you would want to interview people with, uh, you know, products or coming out with new, uh, you know, systems or whatever, whatever the case may be. I mean, you're There, sorry about that. It cut off. You you were saying something about uh, interviewing uh, people, uh, you know, who had products or something like that. Oh off. yeah, uh, yeah. It kind of cut out right there. Uh, so yeah, so like you, so like you created this podcast about mm-hmm. the bats ever finishing industry, and also it it's not limited to that. Like you didn't limit yourself. You wanted to talk to everybody. Like you know business aspects, whatever the case may be, you know, different products and stuff like that, like creators of products, things, anything to do with the bathtub refinishing industry or business in general, Yeah, you know, which is good. And the refinishing industry is behind on that. Yeah. Like I see now, and this is just how I view it, because I was out there looking. I mean, I was scouring. I mean, I would stay up all night, you know, looking for things, and that was the same old things, the same old videos, the same old stuff. And then... When I ran across this thing called Bapto, guys, what is this? You know, and I started watching it. I started seeing your tips. I started seeing other things. And I was like, man, this guy's doing it. And then, I'm serious. I think I was probably like <laughs> number six on your views of your first podcast. And I was like, this guy actually made a podcast about bathtub refinishing. This is exactly where it needs. And this is the platform. And this is where it's going to spring off from. Everybody needs to get on this. Everybody needs to hear what this guy is saying because if he went through, you know, the trouble of actually forming a podcast to talk about this, these people need to listen. Yeah. I remember when they used to think podcast was nothing. They used to think, oh, podcast is just going to die out like mini disc or, you know, something like that. No. It's no. bigger than I it's ever I only think been. it's going to. 
yeah, I only think it's going to go up from here. Yeah. And it's, it's like what you said, man. Like, I was in that point. Like, when I... Most of the things that I know about business, I learned through other people, but I've noticed that specifically in this industry, it's so hard to find good, relevant information, and the people who do know things don't want to talk um, because they think that they're, like, you know, they, they're threatened by it. And part of the reason that they're threatened by it is because they really believe that those things are what makes them successful. But in reality, most of the time, it's personal brand, and, and people know you, like, uh, most of the time I get calls from people and they're like, oh, is this Daniel? I've seen your videos. Like, that's effective. The fact that, you know, I made that connection with them. They call me, they hear me on the phone. And trust me, at that point, the job is already 95% sold. Like, that's effective. Truth. You know, it, Truth. It, to them, it feels like they, you know, they called up Tesla and Elon Musk answered the phone. That's what, that's what it feels like to them. Yeah. That, that's yeah you're exactly right you know when they can see when they can see you know you for what you do when other people start calling you when the other people start talking about you and stuff like that like you're right and i want to touch on that what you said one of those things where you said some people in the industry believe that it's this one little secret thing that they're holding back that it's that you know what this industry it's just like any other industry it's not about gimmicks Nope. It's not about tricks or this or that. Like, yeah, you might have a certain technique that you come up with, mm -hmm. but you know what? Like, that can be copied. Yes. That can be copied quick. And anything that you bring in, any product, any any HBLP system, any product can be done. It's you. It's you, the individual, and what you bring to the table as an individual. People buy from you, the business the face of the business, people are buying from you. They're buying from bathtub guys. Mm -hmm. That's who they're buying from. So when they feel like somebody else is doing it like bathtub guys, guess what? They could okay. buy your same, your same guns, your same HBLP, your same product, your same this, but you know what? They're not bathtub guys. Exactly. They're not, they're not Daniel. They're not anybody that has a part to do with bathtub guys because they have a different feel. And that's why culture is so important. Yep so important yeah and that's part of you know look like i share everything and i don't really care about sharing people like my parents came from a different time where like there it, it was legitimate the concern of like you know there wasn't all right like you know back then it's like you couldn't just find anything online right and people studied and put in blood sweat and tears to get certain things and to know certain things. But nowadays, it's, you know, most things are a Google search away. And the way I see it is if anybody really, really, really badly wanted to know what I was doing, all they would have to do, like, let's say another competitor is coming up, right? And, you know, well, I don't really see people as competitors, but let's say they think, like, oh, yeah, I need to knock this guy out. If they really wanted to see what we were doing, what is stopping them from ordering a tub refinishing service at their house and just looking at what we're doing? Nothing is stopping them. Nobody is stopping them from doing that. What is, no. like, if, if, uh, if you're one of those people who doesn't advertise their price because you're scared that the competitors are going to undercut you, newsflash. All they have to do is call your phone and pretend to be a customer, send you a basic tub and tile picture off Google, and you give them a quote, and now they know what the fuck you charge. Like, it's not rocket science. Like, 
it, it's happened to me before. And I tell people, I'm like, oh, are you another company? Oh, no, no. And it's like, I search up the number because they ask and they're nervous on the phone. Like, they, like they're doing some top secret commission. And I see it's like some new company. I'm like, why are you lying to me? I'll tell you. I don't really care. Because at the end of the day, like, that's part of the reason why I advertise my price. I, I, I don't really care. Like, I feel like when I, when I advertise the price, I'm setting the bar. Nobody else in Orlando, for some reason, advertised the price except for one other company, and they advertise 225 But I usually am more relevant than them, probably because we have more reviews and stuff on Google. But when people go on our page, they see 375 and that's the starting point that they're at. Now, anybody who's substantially cheaper, they're questioning. Anybody who's substantially more expensive, they're questioning because the first number they saw was mine. Helps me. It helps. Now let me now let now let me ask you this. So these people jump on there and they see your price. Yep. They see your price. And how many times have you been called because they went with the guy just below your price? Now whether it was five bucks or twenty five bucks or whatever. But they wound up calling you and paying more than if they initially would have called you in the first place. It's happened on un, um, like an unimaginable amount amount of times. It's it's so common. And the thing to me is funny is like like they'll see. They, and this has happened so many times. I know that they're reading the reviews because they're like, oh, like when they tell me like this other guy's quoted me like a hundred bucks less, let's say. And we saw your reviews and we really want to go with you. But if you can come down a hundred bucks more, we'll give you the job. And it's like, wait, you're, you know that I'm the better company. You know that we have the be- more established reputation all of that, but it's not worth the extra hundred bucks. I tell them no. Then they turn around and then they, they regret it. And uh, yeah, it's happened so much times I can't even count. But it, the, the thing is the second time, you know, they get it done right and stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's just like, yeah, it's one of those things that happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of everything at the same time, how many times it's happened. It's happened not too long ago. The lady with the, the non-skid on the walls. It happened with her. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, not to knock that guy, man, but like, I really wish he would have said what actually happened mm-hmm. because I kind of want to know what happened in that picture. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it, it could have been a couple things. It looks to me like the gun might have just been dirty, or he has a gun that might be just for multi-spec, and there was some stuck in the line, and he didn't notice. You know, because after which happens, which happens, yeah, and that can happen. But it's you know, I've seen it happen, and also sometimes with these HVLPs, depending on which one they're using, if the filter gets like dried out, it starts to crumble in little pieces, and it can actually shoot through the turbine and like in through the hose out of the out of the gun. So, but it's definitely something that like there is no way that it's non-skid. Like, come on. You know, when we were talking about that and it, and it made me think back and stuff and I want to I want to say something uh, on that. And it's kind of along the lines of that, you know, thinking of, you know, s- mistakes that happen like that. And I'm I'm really concerned not only for the customer, but for the refinisher, mm-hmm. but for the refinisher. And I'm going to say this because when I started out, when I started out, I didn't have much protection. I first started out spraying and i didn't get sent out with you know mask or anything. a fan uh i had a half face mask 
and some safety glasses. I didn't have, you know what my exhaust fan was? They told me to turn on the fan in the bathroom. That's. They just said, hey, flip this on and there you go. So can you imagine that I was in a cloud of this stuff, you know, basically looking like pig pin from the peanuts, you know, and Charlie Brown. And uh, man, I used to go home with my eyebrows and my eyelashes, you know, I mean, caked up with product. Yeah, that's, you know, messed up. So take care, guys in the refinishing industry, take care of yourself, take care of your health, you know, because yeah, over time when this stuff cures, like it's not like when it cures, it's not, you know, hazardous is not in the air. It's cured and it's fine to use. But when it's atomized in the air and you're breathing it in or day you're in getting it in out. your eyes, on your skin, you know, PPE equipment and use it. Use ventilation fans. Use it. Don't skimp out on it. Buy it, you know, and it'll be, you know, have that as, you know, want, make it a standard. Yeah. Don't go in there and just don't go in there and just try to save some money, man. You yeah. know, I understand that it might not be in in your eyes worth it at the time, but you know, do it. If nobody's there, open the window, get some ventilation, you know, do whatever you do, but please take care of yourself in this industry. There there's chemicals that, you know, once the problem is it goes in the air and becomes atomized, you know, and it can it can pass through. And if you're going back in there and taking off your mask, you know, or using a uh, lack of thinner without a respirator, I've done it. When I started, I was very young and I did it. And oh man, when you start getting that tunnel vision from that lack of thinner yep. and you're trying to spray, yeah, it's a little difficult, but you know. And part of that is like what we were talking about lack of education in general. It's not just the business secret stuff. You can keep that stuff if you feel like you have some secret, whatever. Nobody needs to know. Nobody really cares. But things that are pivotal to the job that you like, even things like that help people. And, you know, people coming up in the industry and they respect you more for it. And, you know, if theoretically you're selling a product or something, like, wouldn't you want people to, like, the best way to build trust with people is to help them out when you know something and they don't, right? So yes. theoretically, if you are selling a product or something and you want people to buy that product, um, maybe you should, like, tell them things that they ought to know and maybe build that trust so that when they see your ad for that product, they're like, well, this guy's always telling me the right thing. He's pretty honest. And maybe I should just give this thing a shot and you'll have more people willing to do that. Also, yes, it looks good when a customer goes on your page and sees that you are kind of the authority uh, of the industry and you're helping and you're always putting out tips and stuff to help other people in the industry. It makes customers look at you a little bit more seriously. Yes. And you know what? And that's that's true value. And that's something that cannot be purchased. It cannot be bought. But, you know, that basically has to be given by the customers. Mm -hmm. You know, that's your credibility given by them by seeing the end result in your product. And you're not trying to hide anything. Now, let me touch on that about, you know, people making products and stuff like that. I understand that and I understand where they're coming from. But please do not lie about your products mm -hmm. because people are gonna buy your products. Hey, I'm a consumer myself. I look for products all the time. I wanna find people. I wish people would, uh, you know, tell me about their products so I can try them out and use them. Mm -hmm. I might like, I might prefer one product over another. 
you know, so if I don't know about it, you know, then I don't know and I want to know about it. So I'm going to try it out and use it. But don't lie if you're trying to manufacture something. Please be honest with the people. I mean, you don't have to like be all honest and upfront. If it's a private label, okay. But when they ask about it, don't say it's some super secret formula and try to pass yourself off as a chemist. Don't do that because it'll quickly, it will not sell and you will sabotage your own reputation. Product. Your reputation too. Yeah, and then there's a difference because look, we all know and we're familiar with or heard the term proprietary blend. Yep. Yes, there are those things. Be honest about it and talk about the product, but when they specifically ask, like, is this that? Like, say yes and offer them something else if you want them to buy a product. Like, if you're private labeling something and you want people to use your product, just say what it is. They may or may not go with you. Not everybody has the same capabilities. Not everybody, like, for instance, like, uh, you know, if you're not a business owner, there's some, uh, you know, uh, chemical manufacturers that will not sell to you because you're not an established business. Mm -hmm. They won't sell to the public. So if you do want to sell to the public, sell to the public, but also tell them what it is. And please, please, please answer their questions. Answer the consumer's questions when they call you and ask you for it. Don't steer anybody away from your product because that is a super red flag when somebody's buying something from you and you don't want to tell them exactly how to use it or what's compatible with it yeah that's that, that's exactly sabotage true. of your company you know and it, it, it's one of the reasons why i really like and respect midwest chemicals is because i called up ed just the other day because um we have this thing in puerto rico and i have a shipment of material over there but there's a chance, depending on what happens, that it might not make it in time for us to be there for the demo. So I asked him, like, is there anything that I could buy at the store that, like, is good? That, and he told me. He told me exactly what to buy. He doesn't care that it's, it's maybe a gallon less of material I'm buying from him for that. You know, he, he will t upright, straight up tell you, like, if you don't have the aerospace primer, buy a primer and just etch it yourself. Just keep in mind we have to wait for it to dry. Uh, and, you know, like... And, you know, he told me, like, there's top coats that are good. He recommended one called Krylon Tub and Tile. And he said it's probably the one that it's a two-part polyurethane acrylic, really similar to the HSLD that we use. And he says it's mixed the same. So, it's, you know, for a, a quick project, he says he doesn't recommend using it all the time because he says um, a lot of those big box companies, like, they mishandle product and leave them under the wrong conditions and stuff. But he's like, for a one-off, for a demo, it's probably your best bet. If, you, if your shipment doesn't come on time and it's going to last a long time. But, you know, that's something that not everybody would do. Some people will be like, ah, no, I can't really tell you. I'm not allowed to or whatever the heck and, and just keep that from you. And really, I know because I've done enough research that nothing that they sell is exclusive to them. And that's the same with any manufacturer. They, nothing is exclusive. These things are all... Pub, they're all public research from chemists who study these types of materials. So yeah, it, it's and that that's good. And see, people like people like Ed, like that's a great thing, and that shows a lot in his character that he was willing to tell you, you know, and and, and regardless of the fact that you bought, you know, thousands of dollars worth of product, you yeah. know, and it's not like you're gonna stop doing. You specifically asked him for a reason, 
and he openly told you. Mm -hmm. And now here's another thing. You couldn't tell someone just off the street that because then they're going to expect like a top notch finish off of using that. Yep. But you're a professional. Exactly. Your brother's a professional. Your father's a professional. Your team are professionals. Y'all know how to use those products. You exactly. can make a DIY kit look excellent, mm -hmm. but it's not going to have the same atomization as you would if you used, exactly. you know, your, your, your specific tools. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you could, you could use that, you know, and that's where a lot of the DIY kits, like when people buy them, like when people buy them and then it just comes out disastrous. But it's because they don't, they don't, don't paint. And also, they don't brush, they don't roll, they don't do anything. They, they don't consult with a guy who's actually a chemist. Ed is actually a chemist. So yeah. he knows. It makes a big difference. He knows the, the, you know, the molecular structure of these things. And he knows you know, the best way to get adhesion. And if you don't have the aerospace primer, which because it has self-etching capabilities, there is other good primers out there, but um, you have to etch them yourself after they're dry. And that makes sense. And he explained exactly how you do that. You know, go over there, maybe get like a, a 300 grit sandpaper and just lightly sand the surface, scuff it up a little bit so that it receives the top coat well. But, you know, you know, not, if he, he could have easily just been like, ah, no, I can't really tell you anything. Sorry. Like, but he took the time to explain thoroughly. And that also tells me that he has confidence in his products. He has so much confidence in his products that he could recommend another product and still know that I'm going to come back and work with him because he knows that he makes good stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And it's giving it to you in a way that you want and that you already have, you know, it's user friendly to your capabilities, you know, and I'll tell you like this back when I first started, uh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Uh, and this is like 21 years ago. I didn't even know that there was a self etching primer because I was etching it with, a little brush and stuff like that, you know, scuffing up the surface of tubs that never been done before with 220 wet grant, uh, 220 wet dry sandpaper, mm -hmm. you know, so it was a whole process. Like an acid etch was actually like putting, you know, getting a cup with a brush and brushing it on mm -hmm. and waiting and doing that, you know, now that they got things like, oh, self etching primer and stuff like this, you know, uh, and I remember back in the day when hawk first came out with like their white bond primer i was like <laughs> like this stuff is amazing this stuff just saved me like you know a lot of time you yeah. know but once again the white bond primer sounds easy but there is a technique and a process to put that on too because it can get it can get pretty slippery if you're just gonna you know slap it on there yeah and and that's something i used uh I don't know. Uh, one of the earlier white palm primers, I, I, Midwest has a name for it. They private label it. It's called, theirs is called New Tech, and I've used it before, and it's not bad, but it has like a 30-minute wait period, but they have this other one now called Verbinding. It's actually made by Aerospace, uh, like the same people who made the Aerospace like self-etching. Um, and mm -hmm. this one is a white palm. You could also spray it on if you want, and it's self-etching as well, and it's only like 15 minutes, which is... Really, really good. I want to try that out in the shop. Uh, I think and look at and look at that right there. It gives you it gives you option. Yeah, wipe it on or spray. He doesn't care, man. Like Ed, Ed is one of those guys that's always advancing. I remember uh, my parents were one of the first people to try it when he they did the UV dry paint, uh, which basically w it would dry with UV rays from like blue black lights, uh, the, mm -hmm. and it dries instantly. It actually worked, but the problem with it was that 
Nobody wanted to take the time to sit there and actually learn how to use it. So they would spray on the finish normally and just go put the light over it. And, you know, there was a way you had to set up the lighting and stuff um, to do it properly. But it actually was like material that dried instantly. Uh, and there's, yeah. they're still working on perfecting that because, you know, in, in reality, when you're a, a product manufacturer, you got to make something that the masses will be able to comprehend and kind of, you know, like I, I get his point of it. He's like, people never really took the time to learn, but also, you know, people are busy and stuff. And I, I get that part of it. Um, but, you know, like the technology's there. There's going to come a point where there is like instant drying material and it's readily available and anybody could do it because the technology already exists. It's really, it was, it's really impressive stuff. Uh, and yeah, like, you know, there's other reasons, but I, I, I really do like Midwest chemical stuff and, um, you know, it's convenient that they're here. But even when, when they were in, uh, I think they were in Chicago for a long time. My dad used to order their products and ship it over here. They just happened to move to Orlando. <laughs> Good for us. but they're, they're, Oh, yeah, great. Man, that's, that's what, you know, I've seen Midwest Chemicals uh, website, and I like it. And, you know, it wasn't all about just selling the product. They have a whole. Like they, uh, they actually gave you a list of. What could happen? What are the fixes? What's this? What that? It actually gave you something, and not just yeah. here, just not just here by the product. Which, number one, it's giving you all the answers and it's giving you the solutions to your problems already before you even buy it. Excellent, yep. you know. Uh, and then it it frees up time for him to concentrate on you know, Working. inventing new products or doing new new things or whatever he's whatever basically whatever he wants to do you know mm -hmm. and yes you can call him you can do this you can you can email them you can contact them and have if you have like an actual legit question you know like call them up find it and that was what i saw the difference on their website with anyone else's it wasn't just hey buy my product and i'm never going to answer your phone and i'm going to avoid your calls and you know not calling anybody out on that you know but yeah i really do respect him for that and uh, he didn't have to do that, but Ed is, is that type of guy where, like, he took the extra step to put common things that could happen to refinishing that happens to anybody with any type of coating. All that stuff can happen, cross-hatching, alligatoring, uh, bubbles, all that stuff. And he took the time out to put the common questions and the answers and laid them all out there where it's a reference to anybody who's starting who might not know what happened and right there, they have the answer on how to fix it and what probably happened. You know, he has the probable causes listed and everything. It's really, really great. I, I really do like that. Yeah. And it's like educate, educate the people, educate the people, man. Mm -hmm. Educate the people. You know, it's not for everybody. You know, we're finishing isn't for everybody. You know, uh, you know, some people like to paint cars. Some people like to paint furniture. Other people like to paint bathtubs and countertops and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. there's something for everybody in this industry, man, but they have to get over that fear of, you know, not exchanging information. Come on, man. You know, yeah. freedom of speech, man. We need to talk you know, for man. the exchange of ideas. It's like the scientific method, man. When they want to find out the cure to cancer, they don't have one scientist sitting there in a fucking room trying to figure it out. They bring together the greatest minds to get things done. That's what happens. And if you're somebody out there who knows things that others don't, and you don't speak up, it's like we said about earlier, your ideas will die with other people. But yeah. this industry is still, like, this industry is still 
it the, at the point where everybody who shares information is going to be looked at in the future as the father of an industry. And, and every industry talks to each other. For some reason in this industry, every, everybody feels like they have to keep secrets. But like people who paint cars talk to other people who paint cars in different places and they talk shop. In this industry... They talk shop, exactly. I've had people I've reached out to to get on the podcast and they just... And I want to, they don't respond. And it's, it's, it's really, to me, it's disheartening. It makes me feel like there is legitimately people who don't understand, like, what, what I'm trying to do here. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, what you're trying to do, I love that. When you said, hey, let's do a podcast, I jumped on it. You know what? I've never done a podcast. I mean, you can see me. I'm kind of like a little, you know, yeah. fidgety and stuff like that. I've never done a podcast before. My first podcast Thank you, Daniel, so much for even inviting me on this podcast because, hey, there's stuff that I wanted to, like, I, I learn things from you mm -hmm. every day. I mean, if we if we talk, I learn something from you. Mm -hmm. Even on this podcast right now, I'm always learning something from you, getting value from you. And think about it. I was in it 21 years ago, and I see a lot of things that haven't changed, and I've seen so much that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. And there's like, uh, who's pushing it? You are. Mm -hmm. Other people might say they're pushing it and they're pushing it, but only so much. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and that's what, you know, like when you told me about Ed, I was like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to find out, contact this guy. I'm calling him and ask questions and stuff like that. And, you know, he answered a couple of my questions and I was like, I, I got off the phone satisfied. Yeah. I got an actual answer instead of a bunch of run around. Hey, I'm kind of busy. Let me call you back, which never happens. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I'm not calling anybody out on that, but I'm just saying it like it is. That's bad. You know, a lot of people out there can day. benefit. Yep. Um, so, well, do you have any questions for me before we get off here? I, we're, we're about like two hours and 40 minutes into this thing. It's going to be a long oh, one. Oh, wow, man. It's, it's really <laughs> It flies when we're having fun, right? Yeah, man. I mean, we got to do it again, obviously, sometime. But uh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Um, um, let's see. Um, what I would like to ask you is, is just give us, just give, like, not only me for myself, but I like to ask questions that'll benefit not only myself but benefit everybody, you know, as a whole. Like, what are what are some of the quick fixes that we can do for us as far as like helping grow our industry, growing our business just on an individual level, and then we can expand on that? Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of them. So something that's really, really important. This thing up over here. I'm sorry about that. Uh, something that's really, really important is um, as a whole, if you're are a smaller company that doesn't have a lot of reviews, I would say incentivize people to share their good experience because the more companies with higher star ratings, the better. It, ha it gives the whole industry credibility. If someone opens up a Google My Business uh, link and they search a bathtub refinishing on Google and everybody has like two or three reviews, it looks like it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? When you search up a roofer, the first seven people have over 50 to 100 reviews. Um, you know, so incentivize people who have a good experience to write reviews is one thing that's really easy to do. A good way to incentivize people would be like, hey, I'll give you five bucks off if you write a review. That's it. That's all you got to do. Give them a gift card. Do something. 
get people to write reviews. Um, another thing that I think is really, really important is to like talk to each other. That's one of the biggest things. It's so simple, but for some reason here, like it's, it's something that in this industry that just not done enough. Um, if we communicate to one another, we will all be stronger because of it. If you know something that I should know, that's going to help me not make the mistake. And maybe the next time I'm not available, I'll tell him, hey, call this guy. And, you know, it, like it, it, it works like that. That's how things work. Um, in, in other industries like cars, if the car shop is way too packed, they will refer you to a friend of theirs that does cars in another shop. There's not this combative, like, I always feel like I got to be on edge and, like, uh, you know, keep everything to myself. That doesn't exist in other places. It exists, but the people who do that are, like, let's, let's face it, they're the ones who aren't doing too well. <laughs> like, most people, they like to share knowledge and experiences because it helps the, the, the industry grow as a whole. And something that, you know, anything like... Um, like, like, for example, things that we should be talking about. Um, you know, things like the material and, the, you know, the technology behind it and, you know, things that we might not like about the material and how it's applied. If we talk about this stuff, there are people who make and manufacture these things that can tinker and tweak things and make them easier for us to apply to the point where it can come at, there, there can come a time where anybody could just go in there and the material is so fantastic because of so much user feedback that you know, we, we get like a perfect finish that you can just shoot on there more or less and, and it comes out great. And the technology for the, the materials and the coatings advance and it helps the industry as a whole. Uh, you know, these are all things that I feel like every other industry has down pat and this one just doesn't. Also, um, you know, just make sure that whatever you do is like, you know, like treat people the way you would want to be treated. Don't go and do a job just for the money, if the conditions aren't right, if they're not willing to pay for, uh, you know, what you, what you need them to pay for to do the job at a high quality, just don't do it. Um, and like I always say, it's better to have them regret not going with you than to be the company that they tell all their friends sucked. That's just the truth. Um, and, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, everything else is just, it just all kind of connects back to that. Like, those are the things that I see the most wrong, especially not communicating. Um, you know, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be here. If you have a bathtub company, start a podcast. I'll go on it. I don't care. I don't, even have, to, I don't have to be the only guy. But, like, not talking to each other is, like, it's stupid is really what it is. Yeah, that, that I, uh, you know, I can't. I can't even count on both times the times that I've actually reached out to other refinishers and nothing. I mean, no response, nothing at all. And just a simple question, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I will say one who posts excellent before and after pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, her name is, I think her company is called Tubs by April. Oh, yeah. If I'm not Fantastic. mistaken, she's out in Ohio. I mean, her finishes. I mean, they look like glass, so shiny, and I mean, she just keeps getting better and better and better. And she asks questions. If anybody questions. sees this podcast and they're and they're in her area, call her. Mm -hmm. You will not be disappointed. As she sent me a reference for a cloth tub. Really nice lady, um, and um, she asks questions, um, and I I give her answers, and she you know she 
um, you know, like is active on Instagram. She'll ask questions uh, about stuff and I'll give her the answers. And uh, I just really, I like that she's open to the dialogue. And part of it is, you know, like, I, I don't want to say it, but there's a lot of guys. And, uh, guys have insecurities and, and, you know, it's that macho man thing where like, oh no, I have it. So I got to, and it's, you know, it's funny that she is actually out here having more balls than a lot of the guys out there is what I'm trying to say. Like she, 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 when something she doesn't know, she goes and asks. She doesn't go and mess something up and pretend it's anti-skid. Uh, you know, like <laughs> she, she, she has legitimate questions and we give her the answers and, you know, uh, she's nice enough to reference this work sometimes. And yeah, just, she's, she's really good. I see her stuff. And like you said, she's, she's really, really good. Her finishes are coming out fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, really good, and everybody can't lay it out like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And there, and there's some of them that are simple fixes I see, and I'm like, man, this guy right here, he just like, he like super shook his can like five minutes before he poured it in there and didn't strain it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's just simple fixes like that. There's just, you know, it doesn't take all this, you know, super science. Yeah, it's just simple things like that, and you can see it in the finish, and it's like you didn't mess up, man. It's just that you kind of did this and. Yeah, and a lot, of the, a lot of the times I see, like, like maybe, like, a little speck of, like, dust or something that fell right on the surface. And it's, like, if it's, like, one little thing, all you got to do is, like, grab, like, a razor blade and just pick it up and just hit it with a gun real quick. It'll go away. I don't know why people leave things like that. I, They're, you know, afraid to touch it. You know, just use tweezers, a uh, little razor blade, uh, exactly. exacto knife. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, use an exacto knife, man. Like, venture out, go look at things, research things. Yeah. You know, do do things, and also look at other industries and what they're doing because our HBLP guns, they're from way back. It started with a problem, mm-hmm. you know, and the guy was doing it. everything used to be painted by a brush. Yep. You know, uh, products just because you don't have a 3M, which 3M is good. They're great. The masks are good, but hey, don't sleep on Binks. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have guns, uh, masks, guns. They got all kinds of stuff. You know, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, it's the same uh, thing with uh, Cap Spray, Titan, and uh, Fuji Spray. Like, uh, Fuji makes fantastic things. Like, and they, they make really good products for HVLPs. Uh, and, you know, there are people that only swear by one thing. But, you know, try different yeah. things out, no. man. Yeah, don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself to one thing don't don't limit yourself to one thing you know you'll find out something you know and just be curious man use your use your use your uh you know use your resources man use your resources yeah, research man. stuff it can only get better and shit and share your information don't like keep it all secret man yep. you know if you've got a, a way to like make something look a little better hey talk to one another as refinishers talk to one another yeah it'll help us all in the long run uh the it more, will the more we we communicate with each other and stuff man but anyway, yes, man, will, man, I I had a great time talking to you. This is going to be the longest podcast that we've done. Uh, so we're at like two hours and fifty minutes. But it was really really fun, and I, I'm looking forward to talking to with you again, man. Uh, it was it was man, really, it was really great, fun. man. And uh, next time we might be able to. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna see if I can get some pictures of some disasters. We can kind of break them down. You know, some 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 things that went wrong, and the, some people doing work, and I can kind of put it up on screen and see if we can find out what happened and we'll talk some more shop and stuff like that. But I had a great time. Thank you for coming by, man. 
Um, Definitely. Thank you for having me, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. And let, let people know who are listening, you know, where they can follow you or uh, contact you, things like that. You can follow me on Instagram at Enzo Refinish. On Instagram, uh, on Facebook, Enzo Refinish and Restorations. Uh, also, uh, I was going to say something. I kind of like I started thinking about too many things. Uh, but yeah, I'm, lo- I'm located here in Houston, Texas. So if anyone has uh, any refinishing that they want to get done, uh, you know, contact me. Contact me. All right, man. So um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to end the call now. Thank you so much for coming by. I'm going to close out the show by myself because I got to do something here. But uh, okay. Thank All you right. so much for coming by, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Daniel. All right. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. So that's going to pretty much do it for this episode of the podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, man. It, w- it was a long episode, but there was so much to touch on. And I'm just glad to have somebody who's in the industry who really wants to learn more and bounce ideas off one another, like what we were talking about there. Um, if you don't share, if you don't communicate with other people, everything you know will die with you. Um, and, you know, this industry is still young enough where you know, we can be fathers of an industry. It's rare, but, you know, if we use and we use our personal branding plus our, our knowledge and expertise altogether, we can build something amazing and keep refinishing going on for generations to come. So, so um, I ran out of breath there. But anyway, it, it, it was a great time. Thank you so much uh, to Trinidad for coming through. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll see you guys in the next one. And hopefully uh, it's as good as this one. Uh, This was one for the books. (laughs) You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by following at Bathtub Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.